Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. We are here and we're back with MTM, Mike the Mouth, Masato. He's here. He's, he's got his godfather background on here. Um, he went MIA during the season. I don't know why, but like, I guess um, you can't hear me. I don't know. I can hear you. I just want to, I want to just talk about my, my all high tech array that I put together so I could be on this podcast. I'm doing that intro. I'm trying to introduce you. You're pointing to your headphones. I don't know why you're pointing to your headphones. <laughs> it, it, would only, it would only indicate that you can't hear me. Why are you pointing to your headphones when I'm well, like, well, <laughs> Zach, I see, I see, I see. Some things have not changed. That the shit audio that I've always had with you on the show hasn't changed. It's still an echo. It still sounds like you're in the bottom of a garbage can. You know, yeah, that, that's and you know, you know what? I've listened to a lot of podcasts over the option. A lot of podcasts don't have good audio. People say I have bad audios. A lot, a lot of these podcasts don't have good audio. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I just you know, as we start out the show tonight doing this podcast, yes, because I, I go into hibernation during the fantasy baseball season for a reason because I'm going to put so much attention on uh, managing my shit teams for the year. But uh, we'll get another that's another point of of, of uh, topic for the podcast is I've actually been listening to a lot of podcasts a lot over the over the you know over the course of the season, and I, I actually jotted down some guidelines to help all of you fellow podcasters out there have a better fantasy baseball podcast experience there. So I'm going to share them and enlighten the other listeners who may be doing podcasts or attempting to do podcasts that have to do with fantasy baseball so they can do a better job with their fantasy baseball podcast. Because we do know, Zach, that everybody aspires to be, I'm not you, but they aspire to be me, you know, when doing these shows, right? But because I have, it's, it comes natural to me, right? So how many of and, these do you have? have I, I have, uh, let's see, I have about quick, uh, quick seven points. They're very quick. Seven points. Okay, that should take that. That that should take us the first hour of the show because okay. we got to. So how many how many hours we got tonight? By the way, I'm just curious on that. We have one, we have one hour. Well, why why is this one hour? Because that, that should be your first fucking tip of a baseball podcast. Is it should be one hour. <laughs> no, for, for, first of all, Zach, we are pioneers. Do you understand? We we set a trend in in fantasy baseball podcasting that had not been happening yet until we came on the scene. And until I, in other words, should I say, until I let you come on my pod and made you a star, okay? That has not happened before we came on. The, the three-hour fantasy baseball talk show podcast format didn't exist. Everybody and their brother thought they had to keep an hour because it wouldn't be interesting if we did more than an hour. But we've proven, and, and other people have done longer pods since that time, we've proven that we can do a podcast uh, for over an hour and keep people engaged and wanting more. So that's why we do more than an hour every time. Because an hour of people to know where to follow you on Twitter. Do I do I need more? Do I need people follow me on Twitter? No. Do you want to like say your handle? Yeah, but that'd be great because you know the, the problem is my 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 pod. I, I don't understand why my Twitter following has like you know started to dwindle a little bit in the off season. I lost about 30, 40 followers. Not that I'm not controversial. I don't understand, but you know over over this over the course of the season. But you can find me at, at Godfather NFBC as in the National Fantasy Baseball Championship. Add Godfather NFBC, give me a follow, especially I'm much more active during the, uh, the, the six months leading up to base fantasy baseball season. Since once baseball season starts, I only have so much time to spend on doing entertainment ventures uh, like this at this point. But uh, but I don't understand why, why I'm so controversial that I lose followers. What, what is it, Zach? Maybe you can help me out. What is it about me that, that I say on Twitter that's so terrible? That that people have to drop me and not follow me. I don't understand. What what what? It, t- take something that I do. I don't, I don't understand. I don't you know, what is it? I think people people are much worse than you. There are. Let's let's talk about some of those people that are much worse. <laughs> let's bring some of those people up and call them by name. No, but there but there are people. But let, let me let me use a perfect example. Okay. Let's talk about Justin Mason's wife for a second. 
right? That mouthy wife that I think follows me, I follow her. And by the way, Justin Mason stopped following me. Just, just give you an example, Zach. He stopped yeah. following me. I, well, I don't. That's, more, that's that. That's well. Now you've identified who, and then you can under, and then you can probably guess why. Why? Why did he? Because I because I donated to his charity and I supported. What? Well, oh, oh, it's because I wasn't supporting the TGFBI. Is that what the main the main problem was? Or? I don't know. I I, 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 got to talk to you <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't even I, know why he unfollowed you. Maybe 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 because you were not being very nice to his to his um, podcast calls his podcast i i've never i never up on his podcast until tonight no, but no, I, no. I, when, when we were in our when you we were doing our draft you, you were um you're mixing it up with paul i was mixing him up with paul no you were mixing it up you were you were you were shit talking paul so let me so let me so let me get this straight there, there there's there's someone out there in the fantasy baseball community I'm, because I'm joking, because I, because I was bantering with Paul. Paul, Paul, Paul I, don't know, I don't know why Justin unfollowed you. I'm just but I, but I, but, I'm on a guess. It's obviously wrong. But I, look, I can't. This is the thing I can't stand. I can't stand hypocrisy. Okay, I can't. Don't be the, the, anything that's going on in the world today. I, I I just don't be hypocritical about everything. So don't be like all oh, rah rah. We can't we can't say bad things about uh, people who do stupid things with their fantasy baseball teams, and then we rip I rip on them or say something negative about someone's fantasy baseball team. You know, I don't I don't I never attack people per personally. I may attack their stupid moves or the stupid things they do, and I'll be the first to attack myself for stupid things I've done, which we're going to do, of course, uh, through here. But don't go out and all of a sudden. Look, you, you, how is that any worse? Or if I put down someone's baseball competition, or if I think you're draft is bullshit or I hate your home league, whatever it may be. How is it any worse when you get out there? I, I, I watched a whole dialogue going through on my Twitter feed the other day about there was some joke. There was some kind of weather report in California about the six, six and a half inches and wet was, was, was the weather report. Six, meaning six and a half inches of rain and wet. But of course, haha, -ha, we made a little joke about, you know, six and a half inches and wet the other way. But that's perfectly acceptable, right? You know, sexual jokes and innuendo like that is not offensive to anybody. And that's perfectly acceptable, you know, when we do that. See, that, that's the hypocrisy of the whole thing with me. This, it, it, this is Twitter. It's, you, you say funny things, you do things, something that lands right. Sometimes it doesn't, but don't be hypocritical and unfollow people. Or follow, because they do something like that. I, don't, I follow everybody. You know, there's, there's nobody out there that I, I follow that I have unfollowed at this point. I, they want, they, I've had people unfollow me, but you I want to, you know. You follow me? I got unfollowed, actually, by, uh, apology. by uh, Cubby Noel after our thing <laughs> at the beginning of the season. I was he surprised. I actually, was, I, I actually said that his video was hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was funny. His Joe Musgrove rant. Yeah, I know. We, we will, we'll, deleted, I'm sure he deleted that. He deleted that. Oh, he deleted the Musgrove rant. Yeah, he deleted the Musgrove rant like a fucking pussy. Plus, yeah. So because, like, like, like Mark, like Mark Shrebro Gecko said, you know, things you stick, stick, things you do on the internet stay with you forever. Okay, <laughs> you can they don't go away, and that's it. I'm just lucky that when I was back when I was in college days, the shit that I did, there was no internet, so there was no yeah. there was way all on all the records of the shit that I did in college burned in a mysterious fire when the entire whole of records burned right, to the ground. So what, are, what are these ways to improve the podcast? Look, so first, so first, since we're since we're kicking off a new fantasy baseball podcast season right now, because obviously this time of year. There isn't a lot of good good, good content because the, the Twitter and, and, fantasy, and fantasy podcast is full of football crap that's out there, which is a complete waste of time to listen to. So but this, is, this is my – in listening to other podcasts, and I'm, and I'm not just being facetious here and being, you know, you know how I, I make jokes about stuff like that, but I'm going to share some insights. If you're going to do a podcast, okay? Here's here's why it's what it's important to look at a few things. Just just just, just some advice. You don't have to take it because if I'm going to listen to you, you want people to listen to you. Right? These are some good guidelines. First of all, your intros, for the most part, all suck. And the main reason being is because 
And that, that's the poor thing is supposed to engage you into the show because 90, 99% of them, they don't match their personality. And it's a letdown from the get-go. So they do all this, you know, killer, like, for instance, look at the killer music that, that led into this podcast with the high energy, raunchy, Motley crew, whole thing like that. You expect coming out of that, man, we say, bang, you're going to have someone like just really high energy and in your face and stuff like that. And they, they try to play that same kind of music, which I'm sure most of them took from this podcast and try to copy that. And then it's like, hello. I'm here to do a podcast today to talk about fantasy baseball statistics, and I hope you enjoy listening. Uh, that, that's what it is. And, uh, and uh, what movie you saw last night, and you know, uh, whatever. That's that's not entertaining. It's not interesting. And they, they said, "Let down. You're, you're, I'm bored already. I can't. I can't. I have about five minutes to decide." Right? They do this in Hollywood. Okay. If you know, if if the people that are reading your scripts in Hollywood, if you don't make it through the first, you don't capture someone's attention for the first couple of pages, it goes in the pile and it's out the window. That's that's that you know they they wouldn't even get to find out if he gets it gets any better. That's what happens. With a lot of these podcasts that are out there, and and you would think that the people that do this that for a living or do this often, you'd have you know thousands of listeners or hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners every podcast. And you look into listeners to some of these shows is two three hundred listeners right at this point, and it should be you know we get what five six times that right. Zach, uh, Zach whenever we're on there, we get multiples of that. And why is that? Is, is, is it because of, you know, it's because of you, chat it's because of you, Zach, and your amazing energy or, and me and everything, right? We just have this thing and people want to listen, right? Because it matches up. We, people have an expectation going in and, and, and the expectations are met right out of the gate. Okay, Does that I'm make sense? What's number two? I'm number two. Okay. Like here's, here's, here's number two. Stop trying to be humorous when you're not, okay? Everybody thinks they're a fucking comedian today, all right? If you have to try to be funny, you're not funny, all right? That's it. You either got it or you don't have it, right? You're either a natural at it, you can be funny, but don't try to force humor, okay? It's cringeworthy. It's painful to listen to it. Don't do it. Just be yourself. Find something unique about yourself. That's number two. Number three, okay, stop, okay, again, being interest, trying, trying to be interesting. That's the other thing. Like, hey, look at me. I'm going to do something funny or I'm going to do something outlandish, trying to be interesting. People are not interested in you because you're trying to be interesting. They're interested. You understand? You're interested in them. Like, I want to hear what you have to say. Like, you know, Zach, you're going to come to the table with all these drafts and all these things for me to whatever, and you want to hear what I have to say about the whole thing. People want to hear me bring up their name on this podcast and talk about their fantasy baseball team, stuff like that. But they don't, you know, they don't, if you're trying to be interesting, and be like, hey, look at me, look, how, look what I'm doing, it turns, it's, a, it's a turnoff, right? That's, that's number three. Number four, come up with an angle that's unique. Right? Look, you look, for example, Zach, Draft Champions Podcast. Brilliant idea. You hijacked the name from the NFBC. It probably wasn't copyrighted. So, you know, you, you stole the name point blank for the NFBC from Greg and Tom. Good, uh, good move. I, I, perfect. Okay. So people come on and think they're going to hear about Draft Champions podcast, which we do talk a lot about. Right. It's kind of a double entendre because it's not just the draft champions you talk to podcast uh, contest. We're talking about making draft champions. Don't you love Did you ever notice that? It's a double yeah, entendre. Both of got, us are, we're, we're draft champions. We've won drafts. Exactly. So that's that's the that's the kind of the theme there. So it, you have an angle. And then obviously the brilliant thing that you did is you brought me on the show early on. You got you got a name for yourself and it's because there was something unique. You brought something unique to the table. Right. Unique guests coming on your show. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. So we, come up. We, we can thank Vlad Settler for that. He introduced each, he introduced us. There you go. There. Thanks. Another plug for Vlad Settler. He really needs it. Right. That's all that guy does now. You know. He's 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 got he's nothing but he's nothing but a gigantic celebrity now. He's pumping out kids left and right, and everybody loves him already. He needs he's more Basically, fun. like um, he's basically like the Samuel L. Jackson of like fantasy baseball. He's in everything. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Good analogy right there. 
right? <laughs> you actually said something interesting in the first 10 minutes of the show. I'm impressed, Zach. Thank, that was great. That was hey, awesome. You've been talking to me for a while. I'm, I've learned. Great, great. So the other number, number five, inane banter isn't interesting. Okay. I don't care about what you eat on your pizza and you know what, what you did if it, you know what you did, what like I said, what you watched on Netflix and what show. It's it a no one cares about in 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 banter. You know, have fun stories to tell, have things that are you know interesting and engaging to talk about, not just in banter back and forth having conversation. So when we're having conversations, Zach, this is all genuine, right? This is how I am, this is how we talk, this is how we talk normally, right? I get the, the way we text each other. Do, you don't want to do a draft of candy bars or something like that? I don't want to do what? Like a candy bar draft. Like we put, oh, like, oh, yeah, 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 candy bar drafts. What are, what are the drafts they did? The things they did during the shutdown, things like that. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's right. You know, and the other thing is number six: don't talk about your bullshit home leagues. Right? No one ever wants to hear about anybody's home league. True or false? Zach, does anybody give a shit about you talking about your home league? Do you think there's that that? The three thousand people that will listen to this podcast when it, when it's when you put it out, right? Are they going to give a crap if I start talking? I don't have a home league anymore, but did anybody care about your home league and your trading in your home league? And I get the, very, unlikely. Have, very unlikely. Yeah, and they, and they were, I, it's a, and this is a gigantic mistake that major podcasters do that have big gigs like on like RotoWire and other places like that, and they're talking about their home leagues. Okay. No one cares about their home league. The only people who care about their home leagues is you, the people that are in their home leagues. That's it. Right, good, good rule of thumb. Well, I think, right? like, I think the one thing is people would, if they have a question, you're going to answer the question related to their home league. I think they'd care about that, but that's only like the one person that wrote the question. Everyone else that's listening to the podcast doesn't give a fuck, right? Right, but the podcaster themselves talking about their own personal home league. Oh, I won my, I won my home league for the tenth straight year. Who gives a shit? First of all, if you're if you're a pro podcaster in baseball, I would hope you waste all the people you take the money of your friends who don't do this for a living like you do. Right, so no one wants to hear about your dumbass home league. So keep that out of the conversation. And number seven, last thing, have a little energy. Okay, can you at least pretend you're into it? Yeah, just be, this is the thing. Just because you have the ability to right now in this day and age to pick up a microphone and record yourself doesn't give you the right to bore the shit out of people. Right? When I was in when I was in college, you know, all I wanted to do when I was a kid was become a DJ. That was like my for some you know when you're a kid you want what, you, what did you want to be when you grow up everybody I always wanted to be a disc jockey what did you want to be when you want to grow up when they ask you that question as a kid what do they say you know they, they say that you wanted to do when you grew up besides be Canadian what, were you, what do they tell you I, what, I don't know I don't know I don't know what I wanted to be um, I just uh, I was playing it by ear but oh, that that was your that was your answer to the guidance counselor hey what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I'm just gonna play it by ear I'm gonna wing it that was your plan no my answer to the guidance counselor is you tell me that do your fucking job. Uh, you're supposed, I'm, I'm supposed to tell the guidance, guidance counselor what I want to be. Yeah, you're supposed to. You tell me. You you tell me what I should be doing. Earn your, right. your money. Tell me what I should be. Yeah, they, well, you you just got pissed because they told you to be an airline steward. That was that was why you were mad. But um, but anyway, but but he said, but again, when I was when I was when I wanted to be a DJ. So when I went to college, it was a college radio station there. There was no internet radio. You couldn't get on a podcast, and anybody could broadcast anything you want. You had to earn the right to be on the damn show. Right. And they had 30 slots to get out for that radio station and 140 something people went out for 30 slots. Think about that for a, for a pissant 15, 10 watt radio station to be on that. That's how many people went out for this radio station. And if you made the cut, okay, you were actually good enough, they thought, to be able to be on the air. Not that they were necessarily, but you were, you were good enough to be on the air and get a spot. That's why these DJs in the past, these the, the legendary DJs that are out there still doing it, if they made it, 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 it was, it was, it was, it was, there were very few that made it because there were so few opportunities back then. See, everybody's got the opportunity now in this day and age to be a podcaster, to go on the air, do these kind of things. But if you're going to do that, okay, just, you know, like I said, have the energy, be into it. Like, for example, 
I don't do I how much money do I get paid for doing this podcast tonight, Jack? What's my what's my take? Everybody, what am I gonna be we haven't, we haven't finalized it yet? Yeah, what am I gonna get Ven mode when this show thing is over t- tonight? Not to, I'm gonna get zip. Okay? No way you have, there's no way you have Venmo. I do have Venmo. I do. Okay. Yes, I do. I believe well, it or not, yes. I, I, let's get into these drafts. We can, we can, oh, right. I'm expecting a lot of bullshit during these drafts. So let's get right into it. Um, you did a lot of drafts this year. You didn't do well. Um, that, that's that's for sure. That's but, all um, relatively. That's all relative, Zach. In terms of uh, in terms of yes, it was it was a horrific season for me. I'm sure there are many listeners out there that people that love to listen and to hate to hate me are very happy that MTM and that Mike the Mouth had a horrible fantasy baseball season. Yes, it can happen. Yeah, okay. a lot of people let's, did. Let's look at the ultimate draft. You finished. You didn't. You had a good draft there. You did well, but um, you didn't finish first. You finished, I think, believe in fifth place in that league. Um, which is, which is, more, which is more, a five thousand dollar buying league. So it's not. It's not chump change. You had a lot of good players in that draft. Um, yeah. And um, who won that draft? That was um, Scott Fleming. My my friend Scott, Scott Fleming won it. Yeah. He was in a bunch of your leagues. You finished, I think, in fifth. Um, but the one team I want to focus on first, and we'll talk about your team after that, is um, Japinka. Now, we went, when I, when I remember this. I remember I was looking at your teams, and then this brought me back to when the draft season first started. And I saw this draft board um, back in March, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and I think other people said the same thing. He went um, eight, eight hitters to start. So yeah, well, let's give people some context about this draft who may not know who this, what this draft is right. yet. This draft is done in March uh, in Manhattan. It's done live. It's my it's my invitational draft that I've been doing for was it ten years or eleven years? I'm losing track of how long how many years it's been. I think through ten seasons or or whatever. Um, and basically, it's a five thousand dollar buy-in. It's a stand it's a standalone league. So it's, it's just not part of an overall competition. So it's a standalone league by itself. Um, five thousand dollar entry fee. Pay top three. Forty thousand dollar first prize, twenty thousand for second, and I think I want to say it's seventy five hundred for third um, in the league. And traditionally, I usually place type top five uh, in this league over the years. I've won it a couple of times. There have been two people that have won the league a couple of times. Me and uh, I think the other one. When I'm now now I'm drawing a blank, he's gonna be pissed off at me that I forgot the other the other. Oh, Joe Thielen. Uh, uh, the old dude, won, right? But the old dude, yeah. He was. You know, I think I think I think it finally caught up with him this year. Uh, the, the, talked about him before. Yeah, I talked about him before. He's like 105 years old, and somehow, you know, we have to shout out. I want to just pick because either he's either sleeping or killed over when his pick comes around. But he did, he'll place 11th this year. He didn't do too well. But traditionally, you know, I, I usually end up in the, the upper part of this draft. And this this year was horrific because I was down the bottom and I made this massive run to get up into the 80s. And I was out of tap early because I was just going for it because I had no choice. If I didn't go for broke and try to get some players, I wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be respectable because the guy, I got devastated by injuries. But the Jupinka team, Steve Japinka, who is a Hall of Fan, FBC Hall of Famer, you know, who had been in the league for many years, had never come close to sniffing the money in the league, believe it or not. Uh, for some reason, the league was a kryptonite. Uh, he employed a specific, you know, strategy where basically he was putting pitches to late and he barely made the innings cut. By the way, it was 1,000 innings. I think he was just over a little bit. The last week of the season, he went over the 1,000 innings uh, to make the thing. And, and he went crazy hitting in, in the beginning. And uh, they were talking about it on the radio. They were basically could none of understood uh, how how he got away with that strategy. And uh, and all I said to him, everything at the end of the draft, I said, Steve, you know, bud, I, I said, I don't understand what the hell you were doing. And, and whatever, to me, that was just a donation. But you're the, you're the Hall of Famer, and I'm not. And sure enough, somehow he 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 had been as high as second in that league for for a period of time as well too. Okay, let's take a look at some of the like. Let's just for context, let's go through the players that he took the the, the hairs. Jose Ramirez, Trevor Story. And he's drafted out of the 13th spot. 
LeMayhew, which is kind of a bust. Then he took Vlad Jr., Brandon Lowe, Altuve, Blackman, another bust. Um, and Victor Robles, a bust. And then he took Wilson Contreras. So, like, for example, he could have had Corbin Burns instead of um, DJ LeMayhew, and that would have won him the league probably. Um, yeah. And then uh, Blackman, let's see, he would have had – he could have had somebody different other than Blackman. He could have had uh, – he, he could have took Dan Swanson there. He, he could have taken Alcantara. Yeah. He could have – if he took Burns and Alcantara instead of Blackman and LeMayhew – he wins this league, no problem. The other yeah. thing is, I looked, at, I looked into this in detail. I'm like, he he crushed the hitting, obviously. Like, you can have, like, uh, you know, it, it's 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 sort of unfair to say, oh, well, you could have had those pitchers instead of Blackman and Robles and LeMahieu. But, like, you need it. Like, if he's going to go eight hitters in a row, you're, you're bound to miss on – you're not going to hit on all of them. So, guess what? Like, it gave him the leeway to miss on a couple of them, and he still crushed the hitting. So, good for him. However, if you look at his pitching categories – um, yeah, he was still he was he was still second in saves to you. So he went even after the hitters, he went heavy relief pitcher, and he was still right. like hammering the waiver wire for relievers. Um, and lo and behold, he did drop Mark Melanson. I don't feel too bad because Hall of Famer Steve Chavinka dropped Mark Melanson in the first week, and he kept Pagan. So he went with the pairings. He went Chris Martin and Will Smith, Pagan and Melanson, and he was playing he was playing the numbers game there. And um, he basically got Romano, he got Ray, Alex Reyes, and then. Um, he basically like completely punted starting pitching because he prioritized hitting and then he prioritized relief pitching. And the thing is, if he had finished anywhere close to as good as he should have in the ratios for pitching, he was like middle of the pack. If you were, if you're going to punt starting pitching and just go relievers, you better um, like um, do well in those. And he was middle of the pack and he was shitting strikeouts and shitting, shitting wins, which he probably expected to do. So I think the only thing that didn't go well for him was um, the ratios on the pitching side just didn't work out for him. I think he would have, like, either – he placed third, so he would have at least been second, maybe first, if those ratios would have stabilized. So I think the strategy could work, but I think it's a very difficult strategy, and um, he didn't execute the strategy. Well, first of all, I mean, the, the, what the draft doesn't show is, is, his, is his waiver wire management because the, the whole concept of Fab, and I don't, know, I don't know all the players he picked up during the course of the year, but I guarantee you that team looked a lot better after you picked up all those players uh, that he picked up over the course of the year working the waiver wire. So I'm not sure he picked up over the waiver wire. He picked up Manoa. Oh, well, that's gigantic, you know, yeah. too, having him. Uh, that, that'll help you. Uh, what else? I don't, I don't know who all the other pickups he had over the course of the um, year. I, I wrote it down, but I, I don't um, – uh, let's see, Fab. But again, not not necessarily you know not not good listening to go scroll and see what he picked up on every single fab week. But the point I can, being I can, is, I could I could tell you what is it, Quayhogs or whatever. He picked up. Let's just go through some of them. He picked up um, at Badu. Um, he was just still hammering. Like even you think he was trying to get starters after that because his starters. Let's. It's not even fair to not even mention the starters that he had because they were really bad. Um, he his the starters that he started with were. His first starting pitcher was Tony Gonson, injured. Ryan Yarbrough, shit. Uh, Alderizi, injured. Syndergaard, shit, and injured. Um, okay, and Ryan, Ryan and, did I, and did I not tell you, and we'll go through my, my bus, did I not tell you that Ryan Yarbrough would, be, would blow and he would suck this year? And I, and I was right. And again, you, you listed some players, which we'll go over later, my guys that I was right about, like 90% of them, right? And the ones that were going to bust, I was right about them too. Okay, part. I'm not trying to shit on his team, but I'm just saying those players are shit because I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm saying just no. to clarify. I'm just I'm like I, I would love to pick his brain about this because he finished third with that start, which he deliberately did. It just so happened that all the starting pitchers are garbage. Um, that he yeah, because he didn't really keep looking because he didn't need a bet. He wasn't he wasn't going. It didn't matter. Good. I guess it didn't matter to him because he wasn't picking up 
um, uh, altered fab. He was like he got Gomber, um, Quantrill, Manolo was his big one, two fifty nine to two thirty three. Um, you got um, Kopech, but I don't think it really mattered at that point. Well, Quantrill, Quantrill was a big pick. A good Quantrill, pick. And then, but he was, but then at the end he was resorted to like um, get, getting all these injured pitchers early, getting ahead. Like so, he was getting Yanoa and Bieber when they were like on the DL, yeah, IL um, before they came back. So, and then Manoa, Manoa was probably the only thing that kept him like afloat in terms of like, well, the. Injuries. But as I said, when you're going with a strategy like that, he's probably trying to get like you know 70 points of hitting. You know, and, and 30 points of, uh, you know, 30 points or 35 points of pitching or something like that. You know, you don't care about you want you want to get your saves. He was going for saves, whip, and ERA. And like you said, it didn't work out necessarily with that. It was a rough it could, year. It, it could have worked. Could have, could have worked out. But again, it was a rough year. It was a crazy-ass year for pitchers, uh, the way everything was. Uh, uh, you know, injuries and, the, and, you know, taking the junk off the ball and all kinds of stuff like that, which affected some players as well, too. Right, and if you were unlucky enough to have those players, you, you know they they you saw these yeah, players. But he didn't really have it. Like, who did he didn't even pick up any like amazing like other than other than um, Manoa. He didn't really pick up anyone. Like he was he was still hammering at closers. He was picking up Gallegos, uh, Cesar Valdez. Like even after he had like four closers, he was still getting more of them. Um, right. Patino. Oh, Luis Garcia. So he got Luis Garcia and um, that's huge. Luis Garcia, Willie Adamas. And Quantrill and Manoa, those were all really good pickups. So like that's yeah. Someone and someone probably dropped Luis Garcia because he probably was drafted. For Luis, sure. Gar- Luis Gar- Garcia. Yeah, Luis Garcia, the pitcher, right? There's more. There's more than uh, more. There's more than one. There, there, are, there are a lot more Luis Garcias out there. But I was on Luis Garcia to start the season as well too, right? I was right, and he was drafted. So someone must have dropped him. That's why you have to be opportunistic and get lucky and pounce on players. Which I did as well too. In in some areas, I picked some players up to make up for some of my disasters. But and, and again, for all those all those what do you call it closers you picked up, you know I I I my closers you know I finished number one in close in saves yeah. because everybody was you know no one wanted to take Kenley Jansen, you know I should thought he was done and that was a gigantic pick and I got him late at the end of a end of a six round and I was drafting I was drafting number one in this league and I and I will say that I did curse myself in this league because and during the live event. And people may not know this, and I, I always busted my friend Scott uh, Fleming for never winning the thing and always being kept. And he always got a because he always say it was my fault because I would like freeze the ball and put the ball at the bottom in, in the bin, and 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 when Ronis would go in there and find the ball, he he picked the cold ball last or whatever. So he'd always get a shit draft pick. So he said I was rigging it, so he never got a good draft pick. I never picked. He said I never picked higher than thirteenth, you know, whatever in this league and whatever. That's why I always get beat. So. This year, I, I decided to be a, do a funny thing where that uh, when Ronas pulled the first ball, I told him, hey, whatever, whoever's name you pull out, just call out Scott's name, even if it's not him. So he thinks he got the number one pick. So so we're all lined up to pull the balls out of the bucket. So the ball comes out. He goes, hey, Scott Fleming, just like that with the ball. And Scott's like, really? I can't believe it. And he, and he goes, oh, no, no, wait a minute. It's actually you, Mike. <laughs> so all thing, I was the number one pick. So I, I so it was a double whammy on, on karma because after I did that to the poor guy and I get the number one pick, First of all, right? He ended up getting, I think, the sixth pick, whatever, at the point. So he still got a decent pick in the draft or the front of the draft, right? So I ended, I, I ended up screwing myself uh, yeah, from he, that. He was the Garrett Cole, Bichette, Seeger. So yeah, yeah. yeah, imagine if you got Garrett Cole and he got Degrom. I don't know how that would have worked out, but yeah. he wins. But it was, yeah, but I did, but I, but I, so I, so I the karma's a bitch and I got beat up for that because I got the number one pick. And of course, I took DeGrom, which well, DeGrom was good. He was still, he still, was well, look, he, but DeGrom, even DeGrom for the mud, he was still better than most. How many pitchers? He was still like about the 20th ranked pitcher, <laughs> even missing how many of the season? 
yeah. to lie on. <laughs> what? It's like, insane. Like, like you're, but you, yeah, you did get unlucky here. You finished fifth. You had Degrom, Luis, uh, Luis Robert. Um, well, Robert. I mean, when I have Degrom and Robert, and I and, and Framil Reyes, I lost for a couple months too. You know, yeah. you lose three heavy. Not not Reyes, the lesser degree. When you lose Degrom. Who's like a you know uh, a stud anchor, and you lose LeBrobert because you you can see it toward the end of the year. Uh, and by the way, he's already going early in early drafts this year. Uh, yeah. He went in the first round in one in the draft, but in Fleming, of course, he took him. All right, and I took him in one other league in the second round, but uh, he's going to be a top uh, one or two first or second round pick because the guy you see the guy that he's got massive uh, upside, crazy. Hey, I got him in got, the fourth. I got him in the fourth round in, the, in our mock draft with Matt Williams. Okay, you got. Um, you talk about what, what was that? What was that word you used? I, I got him in the fourth round in the mock draft. Oh, uh, uh, was that a TGFBI mock draft, uh, early season mock? that you're doing? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you, but uh, Glaber Torres, like some of the middle infielders that um, that you had this year, really like. Yeah, it, it, it look the so the the, the out and out, you know, uh, obviously miss was you know I was I wasn't wrong on Degrom, I wasn't wrong on Kyle Tucker. And my second pick there was nailed that Robert nailed that. If he stayed, if he didn't tear out his leg, his hip, right. That Austin Meadows wasn't a terrible pick at fifth round. I mean, he didn't give you the batting average, but and some of the steals you wanted, but he still, when you have a hundred RBIs, the bat right? is low. Right. But it still, it wasn't a horrific pick. He didn't kill you. He didn't lose the lead because of that. Nope. Jansen was a good pick. Charlie Morton was a good pick. Alcantara was a good pick. Even, even Anderson, Tommy Edmond, Framer Reyes, you go down my lit, my pick. My, my next terrible pick was my 12th round pick in Christian Walker. Right. And then Austin Riley in the 13th. You look at some of these picks. I should have won this league. It's on paper. It sounded like I won this league. The only terrible Freddie, pick. Freddie Peralta, Emmanuel Clase. You hit the like, Clase is one of your guys, I guess. Like, Clay, you know, I, had Clay, I had Clase everywhere. You know, I did, and whatever. But you think for the way I drafted this team, yeah, I even had Gregory yeah, Soto. You did really, really. You drafted really well here. Like yeah, but, it was, but 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 and, and right, but I got killed by injuries, and I got killed by Glover Torres, and that's the end. It was, and this was like the first draft, and it was this was the first big money draft I did of the season. And of course, it was all downhill after that. But I mean, even guys like Jake Cronenworth in the twenty-first round. I mean, that's look at Jose, look at Jesus Aguilar in the twenty-third round. You know, picks like that; those are league winners. Right, I mean, people forget how good Hayes, Hayes, how good Jesus Aguilar was. Good. He's another one that got hurt. So right? you, you also you also picked up Jonathan India. Yeah, and, yep, um, India. I picked up um, Jose, uh, Rojas, Josh Rojas as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, you did, you did well. You, but unfortunately, um, like, like like let's look at the board again. Fleming, like, what was it? Cole, Bichette, Seager, Rosarina, Hater in round five. I mean, that's I mean, I mean, Hater in round five. It's a different kind of league, man. A lot of people were punting closers. That's people. A lot of people punt. At least two players in this league every year punt safes. So Tyler, Tyler O'Neill in around twenty-one for him. Like he just killed the draft. Rodon and Rodon. Like okay, I know you're the guy that would never Rodon. I remember he fucked you. So, yeah. Big um, time. Are you are you never Rodon still based on like one hundred percent. No, I be, no, not and not because he he fucked me over and it cost me a league title against Vlad Sedler in the last day of the, last weekend of the season. Which I'll never forget. But the point being is now the, the, the injury bug is also. I think I think you saw his career year that I'll ever do last year because the the injury thing is already creeping up. He's already red flags with Rodon with his shoulder and however there's there's with his elbow. There's there's things going on with Rodon already. And for where he's going to go, I'm not from, I'm not sure if I'm going to pay that draft price. You know where is he going in the early rounds, right? Where is he going now? Fifth, fifth sixth, fourth, fifth, uh, sixth? Six, six, seven. Because six. people are cognizant of the injury. But from, right. he, you got to you got to hand it to him. Like he got McClanahan for 193 bucks, and then yeah. he picked up Ian Kennedy as another closer. Like those two right. uh, early season ads were just really big for him. 
And um, he was just able to, like, I guess. Look, Scott, him. look, I, I bust his chops. Scott's a great, Scott's a good player, man. He he plays second in the, he took second in the diamond auction this year as well, too. Uh, and, and who, who wins that? Of course, it's probably uh, Casey, Ch- probably Casey Shaw won that again. Uh, and whatever. So, cause if Phil Dussault, Phil Dussault is not winning a league, Casey Shaw is. That's, that's how it worked. That's how it works. Yeah, so it kind of sucks Phil, for everyone else. That's gonna suck for everyone. Else. So it's filled with it's filled with whole Casey Shaw and suck for everybody else. And you know, with third place going to to Mark Shrebro. There, Mark. If you listen to the podcast, I said something nice about you at this point. Hey, that, if you're, if you're so. playing a draft champions league, um, Tyler Jung is another guy. Yeah, um, he like um, Shaw is probably the like the the bat like. Phil, does, Phil hasn't played as long, but like, I think Chaw is like the gold standard for that. But like, yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, this year, like, Jung, Jung had Jung. an amazing year this year. He did, and look, and here's the thing, okay, and I was talking He's about that. I tried, I tried to get in touch with him. I want him on the podcast. I want to talk to him about his teams. Um, he hasn't even, he hasn't added me back. Did you, did you name drop my name? Because maybe that could have, that could have helped you. No, I'm not even able to talk to him. He can't. I need, I can't message him. <laughs> I'm not friends with him. Uh, uh, what on on Twitter? Yeah. So I wonder if he follows me or follow him on Twitter. Maybe not. So it's, I, so I have to see if you get a hold of him. I don't. Know. I, I know nothing about the guy whatsoever. So I don't. I don't know if I've ever met him. I know he did really well. I saw him in the standings. But here's the thing about about the and I was talking about this to Scott. To Scott. So first, you have to, what you have to know about when you hear words, when you hear Casey Cha come up, and we'll talk about Phil Dussault's year as well. You know, Casey Cha. We, we we have my party. And for those of you that know this out in Vegas, and it'll be the, the party will be on this year out in Vegas. We will have the MTM party and a BFPC party. We had it last year, a less of a group, but we had a we had a nice party outside uh, last year due to COVID. This year, we're going to be able, it's going to be everybody coming back to Vegas. It's going to be a blowout party, and I expect everyone who hears that then the NFPC is going to go out to Vegas to be there. It's a great night. Uh, socializing with other people in the NFBC. It culminates in the Midnight Madness trap, but a lot of fun things we do in getting together. But I had a chance for, to really spend some time with Casey Char that night, saying hello to hanging out with him, and so did Scott Fleming. Then Scott was picking his brain. And and inter- interestingly, you know, one of the things that Casey had said, and I don't think you heard in, in um, Vlad's interview with him, which was a phenomenal interview, is that Casey Chaw on average, says he spends about eight hours a day, okay, during season working his team. He'll, he'll, he'll research his draft, draft his players that he wants, and he'll, he'll spend about eight hours a day on, fan, on his fantasy. This is with a career, too. He's got a career. I don't know. He must be one of those guys who's making money from everything else, and he can sit back and do this. But he invests on average. He says he told Scott about eight hours a day working his teams. Okay. Now, that just goes to show you, and that's what you're up against when you're facing Casey Cha, a guy who really knows, not only knows his stuff, right, but he's absorbed in working on his teams like eight hours a day to be that good, right? So and yeah and then and they and these guys will have their players because here's the strategy if you're going to win big money this is my looking at some top players and top finishes whenever I had my best seasons in the end and I believe I didn't have a dream season like Phil Dussault so don't get me wrong you know when I won break up a bit like I charge charge to hear you like you're going you're going in and out all right so can you hear me now is that better now it's a little bit better yeah you got a little better maybe maybe because I was getting too animated for your liking I was getting too excited. Yeah, you're getting like far and close to the microphone. All right. Well, I'm, the microphone's attached to the headset, so it should be able. To. Um, but anyway, the, the thing with the thing with the, the great players is that, and when I, for strategy wise going in, Phil said he had his players. He knew he was going to target Robbie Ray everywhere. The people that were going to target Logan Webb everywhere. People that had their players that were going to go after. I know Scott said you know, if he didn't get him, I was going he was going to be after Bichette. You know, we both wanted Bichette. We were all over Bichette. I was over Bichette the year before, which Bichette ironically helped me win the uh, the ultimate the year before because I was all over him early in the league too. And and he was all over. 
and the best years I've ever had is when all the players you that you're on, you want, you get them on every team. See, there's this philosophy, should I diversify? Just in case someone gets hurt, just in case, you know, the player has a bad year. Yeah, you can do that. So that, but that's kind of like hedging your bets. Okay, well, I want to have one good league doing that, or do I want to go for broke and have a season like Phil or have a season like KC or have a season like like uh, a Fleming or whatever, because all your players came home. Everything everything came home to roost, and they all they all did great. So like the year I had the year I did really great, and I had Trevor Story, and I brought him up before on every league. He was in every one of my teams early, whatever. And when he blew up, had a using year, he helped all my teams. But the the converse of that, which can happen, right, is that that they all get injured, you know, and they they and they get bust, whatever. They're going to kill you across the board everywhere, right? It's the boomer bust kind of thing, you know. So you can go into try to win the big money and the overall and everything else. Uh, but if you're going to be in multiple leagues and big money leagues. You get your players if you truly believe in them. And look, injuries can happen. There, there, there is a, a massive luck factor involved in these competitions, right? You know that, for example. You, you know that better than anyone, Zach, because you won a big league this year. Pure luck, of course. That's how it happened, right? I mean, obviously, there's no way it was going to happen on the, any other way. But, but, you have, but you understand, luck does play a part. You could have good luck or bad luck. Some people have better, and that's part of the game. I would say a good 35%, 40% of this game is luck. Whether it's injuries, the COVID, pitchers. Who's in your it, league? Who you're who's in your league? I mean, I look, for example, I, I, I had a lot of shit draws this year. I mean, you, you, you want to talk about this league later. In Vegas, my, my one live league in Vegas, right, too, I see. But my Saturday league, the league of death. You know, I, I was in a league with the, the – and I was – and I'm still – I immediately placed fifth or sixth in the league. But I'm in that league with who? You know, Casey Shaw. Yeah. You know, what? Well, Sadler, Casey, uh, we'll get into we'll get into it. Yeah. And, um, so, so, but that, Jason, Jason Anthony ended up winning that league. Jason Anthony, great, another solid player, and he, he won in the last day. He was in second place. Casey Cha, he was leading Jason Anthony in that league for weeks. Cha came back to catch him, was ahead of him for a few days in the last week, and all of a sudden, I clicked on the last day. There was like a twelve point swing with some crazy ass th- swing in the last couple of days, and and, and, Jay, and, and he won it. Jason won it. So, but that's the level of competition we're talking about here in some of these live, you know, so Vegas which, which league do you want to look at next? The, the, the main we're talking about or the Midnight Madness? Well, just, just want to say, say just, just knowing that I'm just saying, we, we come to the conclusion, because Scott was one of the guys who wanted to diversify his players over years and cover all angles in case, right? To me, if you have your players and you really believe in them, you've done your research and everything, and you guys are going to, you think these guys are going to be amazing, you, you go for it. If, if they're a void, you avoid them and have no regrets. That's how you have to go about doing it. All right, and 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 so and and understand that there is a luck factor. Phil will tell you as well too. For as great as he done, he got very lucky. You have to get your players when you're doing drafts. You can say oh, I'm all over that person, but if someone else is in that player, right, uh, you you don't get them in every league. Well, that's what happens sometimes. Or you know, and so there is there is a luck factor that too. If you look at, oh, there's 100. He he had to have gotten a degree of luck this year. And I look. I'm so interested to see how he's going to do next year. He you know, did, uh, he, and I'm not diminishing him. Phil, by any stretch of the imagination. No, I think he knows you that. Know, he's still, he's still, he's already left the country with his money. I don't know where he is right now. You know, and how that works, the Canadian exchange for money there. But he's probably buried it out in the out in the snowbank somewhere. But you know, he had a snowbank money in the snowbank. You see how I just did there, Zach, and a, and a terrible joke. But he, yeah, he basically, he basically would tell like he was in both of the he he was in both of the. Uh, DCs, 2,500 DCs. I did the two super DCs this year that I put together in the, uh, the 2,500 Draft Champions League. Yeah, right? yeah. And he, and he won, he won one of them hands go running away, the second one. And the first one, which is the more, even stronger competition that he was in, he even said it, he said during the draft, he said the second one, I, you know, not as strong a competition in this league, huh? You know, compared, I said, no, 
right? Now, and I, and I placed in the top was four in that league. It was me, him, Fish, and I think uh, one other guy, uh, Bob Kramatola. Kramatola, yeah. Um, he's, and, in, he's in everything, too. What? He's in, he's, what? In, he's, in, he's in every league as well. He's in every league too. You know, he's in all my, he's in all the early DCs we did together. He was in a lot of leagues, but and we were all going back and forth, fighting down to the last, the wire. But but in the first league, he, which of course Casey Shaw won, he came in second. He did. He just lost out of the league, whatever, whatever. Uh, in that particular, if you go look and see, okay, his picks at his draft board, right? He there were twenty straight picks, almost, whatever. They were all bad. Okay, virtually every single one of the picks that he made was a bust. Right, okay. and. And you could still, and you could, and he, maybe there was one he hit out of twenty, right? Yeah, I know, like, I know. And and and, but but this goes to show you, if he hit on the other thirty, you know, or twenty-five of the thirty, you still win a league like that, or come into oh, our place very highly. Like we we can get. Like, why don't we look at why don't we look at the DC right now? Because I, I have that pull up as well. That the twenty-five the twenty-five hundred dollar draft champions leagues. I have both yeah. those drafts pulled up. Um, I don't I I don't, but I could, I should pull it up though if you want me to. I could do that. So. You can pull it up too, or, or I can share my screen. You know, if you want, I, mean, I could easily pull it up in a second. But uh, yeah, so go through that. So which one? Are you, which one are you looking at? Uh, well, look, uh, the, let's, do, let's look at the first one, the one that I think he finished second in. That was that was a team. Yeah, that was the one with the better overall competition in the league. Yeah. So um, with four nine one. Uh, so he picked um, he picked in the twelve spot. You had the you had the turn, and then KC had um, where was he? He was dead money. Where is that? There, he picked fourth. He so picked fourth. the board. So okay, let's look at Phil's team. What was he? Did I say twelve or thirteen? Um, Phil, he was team twelve. So he, he was either Dar, the Darvish, Scherzer, Hendricks, Hayes. Oh yeah, so he went. So he just hammered pitching. So he almost did like a modified like all hitting. But oh, well. this is this was this was even the league I was talking about. It was easy. It was the second league that he won. The one that he won had all those players, all those well, misses in a row. Same picks, like more or less, like. Like he he targeted a lot of those same pitches. Like he had Purcello on both the teams. But I was I was looking at this and I'm like, and I what I did was I looked at these drafts and I looked at it, like the Phils and KC's teams and I looked at their actual stats. Yeah. So the stats that they actually had in the lineup and the stats that they had out of the lineup. Now, there there is a lot of there's the thing is like Phil went four pitchers to start. So he took Darvish Scherzer and then Hendricks Hayter. Great. Like I know Darvish wasn't that great. And then he went like. 15 hitters in a row, and then Robbie Ray, and then some more hitters. So you made sure you got Robbie Ray where, where he knew he wanted to get him there. Um, and then he went, and then after that, he just basically went like the last, like the last 25 picks were all pitchers and catchers. His last, his last six, five, his last five picks were catchers. And these pitchers, most of them, you're right. I don't think he even used a lot of them. The catchers yeah. all the catchers were all junk too. I don't I don't think he got a I, did he get a single fantasy point for any of these catchers right. if they were even in the lineup. Well, they you know? had to be in the lineup. He had no one else to put in. Right, but there was but none of them, none of them were worth they, anything. They, none of them, none of them popped. Like there were none of them, none of these guys ended up being like like a, a good handcuff and like their their predecessor got injured. Like they were often hedges. Chad Wallach, Alex Vila, Nito, Michael Perez. I think they were useless. Right, Zach, Zach, you did do me a favor. Okay, but the next time we do a podcast together, you, you gotta you gotta get someplace where there's not an echo in the room because you're like you're, everything's bad. All I hear is this gigantic echo of where you are because you're like in a, in a hard wall kind of place and it's like it's like echoing in there, like you're in the like you're talking inside a like a, like a garbage can. So we had a, so that's work on that whole because you, you know people want to hear some people want to hear what you have to say. Mostly they right. want to hear what I say, but they want to hear what you say once in a while. All right, so what do you what do you have to say about this? You're gonna say the same thing I did, right? 
for about what the team about a seam? Yeah. Yeah, but but you say go look at look at these things here. Look at look your, your first well, hitter. Steven, Steven Max and, and, and Wade Miley were good picks. Like for yeah. where we got them. Right, but you but it, but it makes up for it because he goes show even a guy who's great at spill year. Look who his first hitter was in fifth in the round five. Yohan Mankata, complete bust. Round six hitter, Jeff McNeil, complete bust. Then you hit an Assemian. That makes up for probably those two guys combined, right? Then you go to Alex Baum, complete bust in, se- in round seven, all right, uh, or uh, round eight. Round nine, Will Myers. I mean, he did a little bit. He was mostly a bust for a round nine pick. Santan- Anthony Santander, complete bust for the most part in a round 10. Nick Solak, complete bust for round 11. Okay. And then you hit one on, you hit a score with Ryan, uh, Ryan Mountcastle. But Tommy Pham, complete bust for the most part in round 13, right? Round 14, Jorge Polanco. Again, makes up for a lot of, a lot of errors getting Jorge Polanco that late in the 14th round, right? Austin Hayes did something toward the end. Otherwise, you know, so around 15, not really not killing you, but he's not helping you make up for earlier mistakes. Willie Castro, bust of a pick. Yuli uh, Guerrero was good for a while and then just dropped off. Right, Heimer, Candelario, you know, people like that. Kiner, Falefa, this is what you got going out here. So it, on paper, on the when you're reading these names, it doesn't sound like the best of teams. But then you hit a you hit on a Robbie Ray in round 20. You hit on a Joey Votto in round 21, whoever you thought he was on. You hit on a Caesar Hernandez in round 23. Right, that's what these that's what the great players do. Right, they're able to mine later on and hit on players to make up for because we're all going to have misses in the early rounds of these drafts. Right, and the ones that come out on top and win are the ones that make up for it by, you know, compensating with later picks. All right, and again, that's the league he came in second. Right, and it's if like, you look at KC's team, because KC won this league, so it's, it's like like because he had a very, I'd say that the strategy was pretty different. Like he did, he did focus on hitting um, more. So I think a lot of these, a lot of the people that are successful in these draft champions, and I think it's pretty well known that you that hitting is like. You need to you need to fill out your roster for hitting and a couple of your bench bats before like it completely falls off the table. Mm-hmm. Now Casey he started with um, in this league um, Cole, Cole I think it was yeah Cole and Flaherty Jack Flaherty yeah this goes to show you again bust in the second round happens he gets Robert Lewis Robert in the third round another bust you know till the end of the, till he comes back into the year totally didn't play most of the year until the end so he made up for you know Javier Baez solid season great right Eugenio Suarez pretty much a bust he destroyed your average he gave you some scouting stats but he was a bust for the most part for what you thought you were going to get out of him okay but then you have a Castellanos you have a Charlie Morton then he hits on Chris Bryant in eighth round Wilson Contreras is a solid catcher Trey Mancisi didn't destroy in the 10th round okay Savali Right, who, you know, who I think will come back this year, but again, he, injuries, whatever. He started like a ball of fire, and then he got hurt, and he came back wasn't the same, right? And then, then you have a Greg Holland complete bust, but there you go. Here's your league winner, right? Shohei Otani in the 13th round. Yeah, right? there, there you go. You and got you a know, guy Alec, Alec Manoa like in round 40, right? 40. Right. Which, which by the, which by the way, uh, uh, fantasy baseball fans, you know, Manoa was kind of off my radar, and when Casey picked him, and I looked at his draft before yeah, I did my second one, but I took him in the next one. So I made sure I had him. So and looked him up and everything. So I had him. So it helped me there. So which is yeah, perfectly so okay. Just copy Casey John. All all fair and love and war, boys and girls. So you know, out there, if you if you want to hijack someone's pick, you know, especially the good people, whatever, take by all means, go for it. That's hey, the case. He, he, you know, the, the Casey knew that his picks are going to be hijacked, so he should have taken him earlier if he really really wanted. What Manoa? Yeah. 
Second round? Well, no, I mean, you know. in, the, in the second draft. You yeah, just but, in the second draft. When where'd you take him in the second draft? You took him pretty pretty late. I think it was, late. was yeah, I'm saying he should have taken him earlier. Was it 40? I took him in the second draft. I think it was late. I got him late. Because I think he because again, he wasn't on most people's radar because he really hadn't shown much. You know, and, and the, he wasn't good. Second there as well. So no, you weren't. You were um you were pick 13 there. Yeah. So again, but again, not that I, that's not how I set my KDS. I got screwed this year, and that's where that's where I have my picks toward the end of these drafts. Because I had a lot of drafts that were toward the end, and that wasn't the place to be this year, obviously the way it felt. And you took him. You took him actually later than Casey took him in the first draft. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so. yeah, that's it. By the by, the end, like this, I think this was uh, mid late March, like at this point. And Manoa, I think maybe through a couple of innings of spring training, he looked great. Um, so I think there was some. There was a little bit of writing on the wall at that point when Manoa was going to be. He was going to be a good player. Yeah, but they didn't. But they didn't know he wasn't going to be up anytime soon. And they didn't you know, know, they, they didn't know that. But you know, but no one knew that. But again, you go, you go, you go to look at his misses. Like I said, he he had a lot of misses early on. You think, how does he going to win a league like this, right? Because he had after Otani, McCann, and Bannon was solid. Tenzel was a bust. Jake McGee, great. Then he, then he, then you have the whole thing here. Miles Straw, the guy who comes in late that helps you out. A tie France. Uh, late, late, late in the league. Omar Navarez as a catcher, your second catcher, so late. That was great. Hunter Renfro. Another huge guy to get out of a 23 round, third, 23rd round pick. Now, Jose, uh, Josh Ross in the 25th round, right? A Luis Urias, who saw that coming in the 28th round. Obviously, he did, right? And, and, getting, and getting people there that late here. These are the kind of things that basically, you know, uh, you know, can win you leagues. And then Manoa picking 43rd round, that's probably who your best, you know, uh, guys were, all right? So, again, you make up for it if you blow it earlier and you win a league. That's what you do. Right, because right, no let's, let's, let's look at the second draft. Um, I think you're looking at it now with, with what Phil did in the second draft. Um, he did the same thing. He had the same strategy. He had all these late pitchers. He hit on, but the thing in the second draft, he won, he won the second draft. Like maybe this was a little bit of a weaker draft in terms of the competition, but he got Logan Webb, Stephen Matz, um, Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson was a big one um, uh, in round uh, 33. Mm-hmm. That was that was a big hit. Yeah. But, the, but, the, but again, as I recall from this team, if I look at, if I remember, if you look at, he had like a whole run of players in a row that were just terrible, you know, and, and that did nothing to help him, whatever. And he still overall won the league. So he hit, he hit yeah, a but, bunch early. But that bunch late, early. everyone has a huge run of players that are not helpful, like between around like 30 and 40. Like mm. most of those players are, are not going to help anyone. Like who had a run of players that are, that are, that are very helpful? Like you can't say, oh, like Phil, I can't believe he won because his round thirty-five to forty-five picks weren't helpful. No ones are. Yeah, but the, the good thing about it, as I said before, he's two picks that were winner, weak winners for him are Logan Webb and Kyle Gibson, right there, back to back. And match, like that. And, and match is pretty helpful as well. Yeah, that match is pretty helpful because you paid nothing again, paying nothing for him, right? Yeah, I noticed um, this year Logan Webb, like Phil was on Logan Webb big time, and Casey Cha, they were both on Logan Webb like in their drafts, so. I don't know if they both saw something in him. Yeah, and it's funny. It was like the big, the, the, clear, the, the clear big target. The big debate in the early season was it like, oh, is it Logan Webb? Because I guess he was an ex Indian, you know, was Webb or, or or Cal Quantrill. And everybody was like thinking, well, now Quantrill's the better, the, the better uh, pick. You think Logan Allen, you mean? Well, I think it wasn't Logan Webb. In, was he was Logan at Webb in the Cleveland system too before he went? I don't know. I don't they know. traded I'm him. Sure. And I, I, for some reason, I had him, but I, 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 did, I know there was like a. Uh, a thing about that going back and forth about who would have the better thing. And I picked Quantrill. And obviously, because, you know, Webb, like I said, there's always going to be that pitcher that makes some kind of adjustment and starts doing something different 
right? And in a year, and it's gonna and, and it's gonna bust out because no one was really predicting. Because well, otherwise, yeah, if they were predicting, not in Cleveland, he's always been on San Fran. Okay, so he's been on San Fran. Okay, so maybe it's Logan Allen. I'm thinking about, yeah. but um, but again, I think there was because I was debating back and forth with Nando about like he 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 was all he thought Logan Webb had some possibilities, and you know it was that versus Kyle Quantrill around the same area. But as you said before, um, something once this thing changes, something changes with these guys, and you happen to be on them or have them. It's great. Those are the things. Those are the ones that win you leagues. You know, as as you as you go forward, that's what happens. So, yeah, uh, like you, like they saw a pitch change. I remember I drafted Logan Webb in the main event. Um, I was talking to Phil. I'm like, should I? He got when he. I think he was a little injured. I'm like, should I drop him? And Phil's like, no, 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 don't drop Logan Webb. And then I waited, and I ended up dropping him. So I fucked up. I dropped him in, in a bunch of leagues, but I did have Logan Webb in a couple of leagues, and um, I, I did end up getting him back in a few. But yeah, he was definitely a very helpful player. Um, so this let's look, let's let's shift over to the Midnight Madness draft. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm going to give up on 12 teamers. I think in the future because I think I'm too wide for 15 teamers. By the time I do, by the time I do 12 teamers, especially when they're at freaking like one o'clock in the morning with with, with a, a buzz on, this this is the most infuriating thing about okay, the Midnight. How, how do I not? How do I get into this draft next year? Because okay, our buddy Mark Winoker, congratulations, he got an amazing draft. He won. He won this league. Um, well, first of all, the thing that let's let's give props to Winoker because he's a loyal listener, and I know he's listening to this draft right now. Not only did he win this draft, he's won it three years in a row. Okay, the guy just shows up. He was even in Vegas last year. He he did it online. I allowed him to do it online because we need to fill out the draft late. So he yeah, he he's, he's, he's won it two years in a row. You can't tell him no. Of course not. That's that's the, the kind of wonderful person that I am. You think I'm going to be that kind of an asshole? I mean, I know I know it may people might think that. But I, I, I'm that, that's the kind of person I'm, I have a very big heart. And I feel I feel for people like him. You know, it's it's, it's the high point of Winoker's life. You know, living out in you know Colorado. What else does he have to do? I mean, the poor guy. You know, he needs to get in a draft like this. So at nighttime, you know, that he I'll let him in. So he drafted along with two other people, right? And the most infuriating thing this goes to show you. You know, we have Carter Carter Gill in this league. This is the this is the infamous Carter Gill league when he comes in here. You know, completely with with a drink in each hand, completely shit faced. You know, and not even no, no, no sheet, no draft sheets, no nothing. Right? Let alone you know brain cells left to be coherent that evening. And and, and he finishes ahead of most a bunch of people in this league. He drafted three utility players in the first like few, few rounds. So if he was four, five, six rounds, he he had three. He had drafted like uh. You see, well, there's Nelson Cruz, and they got Jordan Alvarez, and Jose and and Jose Martinez, or, or uh, what's his name, Martinez, JD Martinez. I think he had all three of those. <laughs> I'm going to the board here. He doesn't have J.D. Martinez. He had two of them. He had Nelson Cruz and Jordan Alvarez in the first eight rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. How do you do that? But he still finished ahead of you. Exactly. It just goes to show you. That's, and, I, and I was the only sober probably person in that damn draft at that time. At that hour of the night. And I, had the number, and I had the number one pick as well, too, in that league. And I, and I was even the first person to get a pick. Get, first of all, how do you get so many number one picks? You get, you get to come everywhere. You get the, like, you get first, the first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, Sparky, all right. I got two number one picks last year, and they were both in those random ball draws that came out. And the and the the, the ultimate was one because my name was called first, so I picked. I would never would have gotten it in the midnight madness draft. When we drew the balls. I was the third person to pick. So in other words, two other people took picks ahead of me, and they did not pick number one. Right? All they right, picked right. the other with that. So I was the third. So I was lucky. I lucked into the number one pick in that second draft. Other than that, I had nothing but shit draft spots the entire year. So, I got fifth. That was it. Okay, you got Carter Gill, who's like obviously like, like completely fucking fucked up. And then you yeah. got you got, and you got a guy in this league that, that finished with. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. You got a guy that finished with eighteen standing games points in this league. 
That was great though because you know why? He he basically had a, he was sitting next to me and he he had or and he we had a side bed and I won three hundred bucks off him for that too. So, we, so what that worked out. Like, I mean, no, no, because I'm saying like, <laughs> the other guy just obviously he wasn't trying. So if you're gonna like, you might as well put me in. But I don't want to go against Mark because me and Mark talk all the time. So, 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 so you're not. So you're gonna come to Vegas. And you're gonna. You're not gonna be a part of the Midnight Madness draft. Yes, you are. If you're gonna be in a 12 team league, you're gonna do that draft. Well, so. I, I would, but I, I want Mark's blessing because me and Mark talk a lot. So I don't know if he wants me to be in the same league. Like we we talk a lot. So we talk. What does that? What, what what does that mean? You share your most intimate secrets about what? Well, I don't understand why you because you talk a lot. I talk to Scott Fleming all the time. He's like we're best buddies in the league, and he's in my ultimate. He knows all the players. We know each other, whatever. And well, he knows. He's he, in the knows he knows I'm going to come in and win, so I don't want to break his. Oh yeah, right, right. Talk shit. <laughs> the guy's won three years straight. You know, and, and in a landslide, hasn't even been close. He comes in there and just lays waste at the field and walks away. I remember the first year he walks in there, comes in a sport jacket, carrying a martini, you know, out of, out of whatever, sits down, drafts, and walk the hell out of there. Like, oh, see Mr. Mr. Suave and well, Slick coming in and draft like that. You know, that's Mark how he is. Mark the Shark. So he's still, yeah. he, he's still one with Acuna. He, he picked Acuna, and, he, and Acuna died off his team. Yeah, and, and yeah, and you draft Acuna as your first pick, and you, and you still run away with the league. It wasn't even close. But like, he, he got all my guys. I was talking to him today. I'm like, you got Freddie Peralta. Zach guy, and he, and he picked up Adolis Garcia, another Zach guy, like, and he picked up Patrick Sandoval, like, during the league, he, he was useful for a while, so, like, obviously, he's using our conversations to win this league, obviously, I helped him so much win this league. Probably, that's just, probably what it was, no, yeah, I'm, just, true, true. No, I'm just joking, Mark's actually helped me a lot, um, but, no, he did well, he, he, Dustin May, another one guy that died off his team, but he got, he, he, he got your Carincha, he got your place, in round 30, I guess because it's a 12, you weren't really, and I was gonna, and I, was, and I cursed him when he did it, because I was gonna pick him, Right, and of course he takes your last pick, but you, take, my, but, you, but you but you had to get Kyle Crick in round twenty eight. Yeah, well that was that was, that was because we didn't know what was going to go on with the Pittsburgh. So, so who else did um, Mark get here? Nick Senzel, he got Semyon, uh, Sal Perez, Hader in the in the. Yeah, I mean, you, you get a yeah. Sal Perez. I mean, I mean, you know how many how many leagues? JT Romuto and Sal Perez. He's probably just like, okay, just give me the catches when he's like, yeah. I'll take two, I'll take two catches in the first eight rounds when Carter Gill's drawing yeah, making two utility guys. Yeah, that's state. How many home runs did he get just from JT Romuto and Sal Perez? You know, in those two picks, something like that. In those two picks from catchers, you couldn't do that in four catchers. You know, normally, and he got that. So yeah, it does take some luck with Gus. But you know, obviously, Mark knows what he's doing with these twelve teamers, especially Midnight Madness. His strategies, you know, come in and draft a bunch of against a bunch of trunks. That's basically what he does, and and, he, and he's been very successful at it for the last few years. So uh, unfortunately, well, maybe I have to. I'll, I'll probably be drunk as well. So I'm if probably, you're where, if, you're if I'm if I'm if I'm drafting you guys with you guys in the Midnight Madness draft, I'll, I'll probably be, be very drunk. Then you you then I then you're a perfect candidate for this draft, and I expect you to be in it. So when you, okay, when you, you can you kick out the guy with 18 points unless there's some like sort of weird thing. Why? Because you shouldn't. There's no excuse to have 18 there, there's points. No, there's, no, there's no right or first refusal in this draft. So the only person that that's got, that's got a spot right now is me and Munoker at this point. Uh, at this point, so you'll and be Carter, be Carter, Carter too. Yeah, yeah. Just for the pure entertainment section of it, I want Carter Gill to come back into the draft and pull what he pulled last year again. And not like he, and not like he killed anybody, but he had like a point and a half lead because everything was really close together. So point yeah. and a half difference. In, a, in the standings, it wasn't like, oh my God, he ran away with anything else. So, All right, so you, want, you want to talk about the main event that you with Vlad and Cha? Uh, uh, yeah. No. See, all, all the people in the draft, the whole draft, you know, are, are going to miss out the fact that if I'm not shredding the shredding the draft. Okay, shit, you want to, which, which which draft do you want to shred? Because let's let's just give you a, like let's just like, I'll just go through really quickly. I think Vlad finishing Vlad finishing the money and Ch Cha finished second, and then uh, Booms. Yeah, event. Jason Anthony. Yeah. 
Jason Anthony, he, he crushed you guys. While well, you talked about that a little bit, it's nice, it's, nice, it's nice to be a pro golfer and make you know gobs of hands of money over hand over fist and normally, and then you, you get a main event like that. It's nice. It must be nice to have that kind of life. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so he um, yeah he won that. Uh, he had a, a very good draft, and then Cha. I think what was the, the, only, the only reason Cha didn't win that league is because he just was chasing saves that whole time. So um, I don't know, um, just in that one league in particular, like he still finished second, but I think he had like 20 saves total. Like he just was like, um, he was just chasing the Orioles and, and everything. And, but he just like crushed it. He crushed it everywhere else. Like uh, like his pitching staff, I think he had all the, he had all like the, the sleep. I think he had Webb and Ray. I don't know. Like um, he just. Um, well, as I said, he. Everything except for saves. He just like annihilated. But then, right. but then, then um Jason and then, but on uh, conversely, Vlad killed Saints. I think he got like Will Smith and someone else like um, in the late, like not too early. Um, what was it? Will Smith and someone else. I don't. Need, I, I looked at the board yesterday. I don't have it in front of me. But Vlad, Vlad did. Vlad did a very good job of um, getting his closers. And then you didn't do too much well. You, you actually, I think you did. A, you, you did have a good draft, but I think you, um, you, you just like. The, the fab was so thin in that league that there was just nothing on waivers for you except for Wade Davis. Right. That it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a terrible lead that way. And obviously I, I had one of my early round busts that, you know, I know I got stuck at the end on the, on the 15 hole and uh, you know, the, the Kessinger disaster debacle was, oh, I, I know I, and I, I, and I, and I, I know what, and I, did, did I have Trevor Bauer in that league too? Uh, I'm trying to remember if I had Bauer. Yeah, you were on the attorney. Yeah, you had Bauer, Woodruff. Yeah, Woodruff. Great Clay, Clay Torres, Keston Hira. There you go. End of end of end of story. Luckily, I ended up finishing where I even did. Oh, the, the so. turn where you took Brian Hayes and Josh Bell over Sal Perez. That wasn't good. Yeah, but uh, who, who knew? I said no one knew Sal Perez was going to hit. You know, 46 home runs. Well, fucking hit eighth round. You maybe tap a Sal Perez there. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, yeah. Ryan Presley. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not, that's your Vlad Bauer. You got Presley and Will Smith in the in the eighth and ninth round. Yeah, that, that, that's helpful. Yeah, so I didn't do terrible in closes in that in that, in that league in particular. It was just really the hitting. I mean, and the pitching I did well in the league. I think I was up there with wins and strike whatever. I've been pitching despite of having no Trevor Bauer for a good part of the year at, at that point. But how many leagues did I have? I got Trevor Bauer, Aaron Nola combination late. That that was a wonderful thing. Uh, you know, that killed me. So you just, you just sometimes you, you get the right players in the wrong year right? and where they were going. And they had just horrific years where, you know, and, and like, uh, there's a new classification. I think that if Ray Murphy or uh, if I, whoever's listening, if Jeff Zimmerman listening, anybody who works for the uh, the forecaster um, and they yeah, have they're, the, they're not listening. They're not listening. Okay. Well, I, I just think, I think that we should have a new classification. Like, you know, in the analytics, they have these different things. Uh, like the you know the, like the Mendoza line, and they have the different different strategies or different things they call uh, different rules. I think there should be the DDD rule should be added to that. And, and, and like, don't draft douchebags. That's the problem. If you draft a douchebag, you're gonna get screwed. Like like in other words, if you get a Yasiel Puig or a Trevor Bauer or a Marcelo, these, these guys that you know had issues going in with their yeah, like personal Mike Trout, life, Mike Trout, personal life. Not a, he's not a personal life issue. Right, Trout is not that okay. in that category. I'm joking. Right? What, what did Puig do? Did Puig do anything bad? Puig's always been known for being a an asshole. Right, yeah. people have a, a difficult teammate, all kinds yeah. of problems, and Another whatever. Guy. Amir Garrett shouldn't have drafted him. He fucked me. But yeah. you know, Bauer, Bauer wasn't. You see, Degrom actually was very useful. Bauer was actually not that bad. I I won leagues with Trevor Bauer. I had and I. No, you I got some, you got something out of Trevor Bauer. Yeah, yes. he, got, he was actually very good for the first little like half, and then um, 
don't know what happened. Yeah. But when you but what you what you got out of Degrom though, which was who, who in, in the first part, is it, on another level. It's it's, yeah. it's in a whole other universe in terms of uh, uh, quality that you got out of Degrom hey, at that point. If he pissed Bauer, an entire year, forget if it. You, if you drafted Bauer over like Nola or Darvish, you were that was that was good. Right. But again, these are, this is the first round of pitchers, and now you're seeing this round draft trends already this year that people are like nonsensically pouncing on these pitchers. Uh, right, that leads, that's a good segue. Do you want to look at our draft? Which draft? What no, not draft? really. And uh, you know, the, the one you, you want to look at the one that you were in, or the uh, the, what, one the, that, one, the one that you the one that you started off with Trey Turner with the number one pick that that league. Yeah, we can look at that one. So this is our second draft of Holics League. It's a um, fifteen team draft. It, it, this league's still going on right now. This league is still happening. It okay, still what, what, what what round are you in right now? Uh, like forty five. Right. Are you see? Are you serious? You wanted me to be in this league. You're like, oh, Mike, you got to get in this other, this other league. It's going to be a one hour. You needed to fill it. I didn't care. It's going to be a one hour clock. Oh, it's going to go so fast. I started a league, the same league, my other league, the, the 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 first, the second premature league with with Dan Kenyon and company that I do every single year. The day after this league started on a Sunday, okay, and I was done by Wednesday. Right, we finished it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We finished in four days, four. Right, and, and this and this is this is what you mean cracking a whip that much with the two-hour clock, right? That's on there. So if you're going to be in these drafts, okay, draft. Don't just sit there and look at the clock and let the clock run out. When I was in the first draft, all go figure out how far, how fast did that draft move? Because I was on it, cracking a whip, not putting up with people's BS and sitting around. And and just to clarify something, anybody listening to this, considering the NFBC was in the NFBC about to do these draft champions because I got word that the draft room should be open. Right after, right after the world, like the middle of next week, we're gonna have a draft room, which will be great, and uh, to get back on there and do that. I was talking to Derek about this, but there's no such thing in the end. And I hate when I see this on Twitter and I see this out on social media. There's no such thing in the NFPC anymore as a slow draft. It, the, the words "slow" and "draft" do not go together. They do not. Slow and chess can go together, right? Slow and like turtle races can go together, but it's not slow and draft. Because nobody, anybody who's ever done, oh, Mike, they, it's too too fast, too fast. Then they sit through one of your drafts that you're torturously going through for, four, for 10 days now, right? You're in the 10th day of this draft that you've been doing, 10 days to get through four. That's four and a half rounds a day, which is pure torture for the one-hour clock. You know, be com- if you're committed to something, just draft. Be on the damn thing. I don't mean have to make you pick in seconds, but you know what? There's no reason why it should take 10, 10, 12 days in, mo- in, the modern, in modern society to draft a draft. So take the word slow out of your mouth, out of your mouth, just vocabulary. They're draft champions drafts. They they have varying clocks that you can get involved with. There's a one-hour clock. And by the way, just so you know, the reason why we have faster drafts right now is because I was the pioneer of introducing the fast draft idea into the NFPC. You know, when getting get banging out 50 rounds over in, in, in 48 hours, you know, and then they added a one, then they added it because used to be in the old days, an eight-hour clock. Zach, you don't even remember those days when there was an eight-hour clock. Yeah. I've, I've that, been in eight-hour drafts, but not on the NFPC. Yeah, miserable. All right, back in the day, and, and that's in the day, and that's in the day when the, the the cell phone technology was even up there, and we were we were utilizing we were we were, we were utilizing just messaging phone, phone calls, yeah, smoke signals and semaphore. We were doing that to get people's attention to make their picks, calling people, letting people know to do the picks to move things along. And that's when we had an eight-hour clock. Then they went down to four. Now there's two and there's one hour drafts. Look, if you're gonna get, don't get in these drafts because I said the best thing is 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 a fast draft, rapid experience. I don't mean it doesn't have to be in seconds, but I'm gonna tell you when you get in, you know, seven, eight, ten, twelve rounds a day, nothing like it. Because no one, no one cares about you know sitting there, you know, looking at you know you're, the only picks you care about is yours. So if you're waiting on the clock all the damn time, right, you're not making your picks. 
right? Which is a miserable thing. The only thing, the only thing you like about drafting is when you're actually drafting and making your picks, right? And if and if it's a, if it's a torturous pace, it's miserable, and you don't get a lot of drafts in. And it's bad for business. And the NFBC too, as I told them, the faster your drafts are, the more people are going to draft, the more drafts are going to do. That makes sense, right? So here's the thing. So that that's the best way it should be done. Get get, get slow draft out of your vocabulary. Try try to be in league. See what the experience is like drafting in a faster draft because it is it is a whole different experience. All right, all these guys want you to rip on their teams. Okay, so uh, wait, 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 let me let me. So I have the clip. What the second one? The second draft? I don't know who you're drafting with this league, man. You have some real winners in this league. You know, your 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 team is in, 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 intriguingly shitty. I don't know what you, what you, what, you, what this draft strategy you came up with here. Uh, you know, I, I guess you're going for broke here because uh, you had your players or whatever. So I don't know what you're trying to do there, Tom. Try to explain to me, Zach, what you're trying to do uh, in this particular league here. Uh, you start. You took Trey Turner over uh, over Tatis for a starter. So tell me, what was your strategy? What was your quote-unquote thinking of picking Trey Turner first overall over Tatis? I don't think their upsides are that much different. Well, um, you don't. It's a health. You don't? It's a health. It's Tatis is shoulder. No, no, let, me, let me get this straight. Zach, Zach, Zach Waxman on the, on this podcast just said that you don't think their upsides are that much different. Okay, well, you, you, wait, 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 hold on. You think Trey Turner's got another level from what he did this year above that? Is he going to hit 45 homers? Is he going to steal 45 bags? Is he going to hit, you know, uh, yeah, he may hit 300 again, all right? But is he going to score 100 and something runs? Is he going to, that, that, is he going to, yeah. you know, do that? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think he's that much different than, than Tatis for what the, what the risk is with Tatis. Look at what Tatis did in a shortened season, okay, right? Is that what's is that what's so bad about my team? I took Turner over Tatis. No, I'm I'm just saying is like you have you have the, you have the leverage to pick the, the best player you could possibly take over. Look, I love Trey Turner. I mean, you can make a, you can make a case for batting average and whatever it may be, and I think that Tatis is I think his batting average could be runs, right? Well, runs and runs are they're going to be the same. I thought for the most part, I think right. RBIs, you know, they're going to be close. And, you know, Tatis is going to blow him away in RBIs. He's going to blow him away in homers for sure. I mean, Tatis has a, has has a potential. And he because I don't think he's even he's not even come close to his peak yet. That's a 50 40 guy right there. You know, I mean, there could be a 50 at a full season. He would have been 50 40. Right. Look at how many. What did he finish the season with? 40. What? 40. How many homers? And how many at bats? I think like 20, Look it up. 20 years stolen bases. 20 something. Yeah, he's almost he almost had 30 stolen bases, right? And they were actually they were backing off of him running as well too, because he was running every game he was out there. He was running. So what were what were his final totals? Had, uh, and, and how many at bats? Look it up. Yeah, 478 at bats, and he had 42 home runs and 25 stolen bases. Okay, so think about that. He could have had he probably he could have had at least 200 more at bats, 150 more at bats. Yeah. What would you what would you have added to that? So you're talking it'd 50. Like, it would be like a 55 35. Yeah, at least. And if, he, if they let him run, if he went to let would run wild, he could be even more than that at that point. So, to, to me, you know, obviously, I guess I'm not going to could be short. And, and and Turner's got second and third, second and short, which is which is a nice thing, right? More than and does Tatis have outfield and shortstop? Yeah, sure? he should have outfield and shortstop. Does he got both? So he's got I both. Think, I think he does. Yeah. Yes, well, we're, 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 we're a second and short is a little more valuable, but still, I mean, I'm splitting hairs. But I, I would have, I probably would have went to Tatis number one. But whatever. You know, I, but, I want to have some Tatis. I'm going to do a lot of drafts, so I'll, I'll have some. I'll, oh, so you're you know, diver- like, yeah, you going to diversify, like we just talked about. You're going to diversify your team, so you're not going to. Because if you love Trey Turner, I'm going to diversify my my Tatis's. <laughs> I'm going to diversify your Tatis's. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm not. <laughs> my gonna, share. You mean your shares of Tatis? It's going to be like sort of like my Degrom last year. I did, like I was kind of worried about him, so I really. Had him on. I sprinkled him in. All right, and then you go. Then you go the three straight pit. The three straight pitchers of Alcantara, Robbie Ray, and Logan Webb. 
So explain, explain this, explain this to me. Uh, they're all really good pitchers, and and I figured- this year. They were all good. They're all going to be good next year. Okay, Robbie Ray is going to be good. I know people are kind of worried about him, but he's like he's so safe for innings and strikeouts. Yeah. Like, Go ahead. I'm, I'm waiting. I, I'm going to hear. I think they're going to sign him back in Toronto. Like I think he pitched. I think he pitched well. What, what and Toronto's a very you know not is a very good pitcher's ballpark, right? As well. Right. It's it's not a pitcher's ball. It's actually, <laughs> yeah, right. they have the humidor now. It's uh-huh. actually much more of a pitcher's ballpark than in Dunedin. And he actually did a lot better the second half of the season. Okay. So I took Alcantara, Robbie Ray, and Logan Webb. Um, went three, three straight pitchers there because Terry Turner covers a lot of my stat categories. It gave me some leeway to work with some pitchers, but I figured that when I get back to the end, when I, when I got back to um, round six, um, there's not going to be any starting pitchers left. Right, but, but you, you know, look. They're first good. of all, there's there's a lot of those there's a lot of those mid range pitchers that they, they, that level like this year that broke out that are going to break out next year that are yeah, up and coming. Yeah, there's a I'll bunch. Get, I'll, there's I'll a bunch. There's later. a there's a ton of them that went at the end of round six and in round seven in this draft. You know, you got like McClanahan's, you got the Pablo Lopez's, you got Tyler yeah, Molly taking the. You can take Montas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So potentially Montas. You know, uh, Framber Valdez could take the next step as well. Luis Montas Luis. did not make it back. Right. All right. So the point is, but again, you, you, we can scribble on those pitchers. I mean, I, there's other pitchers I might have taken instead of them. I guess you think you think that uh, Shane Bieber is done, right? So you didn't take Bieber, right? You took you took a Robbie Ray and Sandy Alcantara over, over Shane Bieber and Lucas Giolito and Chris Sale, right? So you t- over all the and over Degrom, you took. No, you well, Degrom was Degrom was gone the turn. You would have taken him. So if Degrom was there on the two three turn, you would have taken him. Um, no, I wouldn't have. Okay. Now, how do you not do that? Right? Because, do you he, not? because his, his I got him. I got him in the mid third. I got. I think I got him in the mid third round of my. You got, you got. You got an injured pitcher. Yeah, dude, they're all injured. Okay. Every 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 pitcher is injured to some degree or another. Okay. It's the question is who's going to be who's going to be to be able to stay on the field. There's, there's very few people like that that are like the Scherzers that are. That are, that are that been proven to be wildly inconsistent. I, I look. I I, I agree. He's be, he beat up on the soft division in 2020, and then you thought he was going to be good, and then he was good a little bit, and then he was bad, and then he, who are we talking about? Julito. He's okay. Right. He's he's, he's going to blow you up a couple times. Like he's not. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a G leader on the White Sox and an Alcantara on the Miami Marlins not getting the wins either. Yeah, too. The guy pitches. So, but they wins is a category, man, just so you know. But again, you, you have your guys. You like those guys? Go for it, man. I, I, I can't afford if you want to go for your guys. But the problem is not so much the pitching necessarily on this team because, you know, we, we can split hairs on a pitcher here and there. You never know who's going to go hurt. You could have had a Gaussman in there. You could have had a Bieber. You could have had a Giolito, um, potentially a Freddie Peralta. People like that, but that were still hanging around out there. We took those pitchers, you know, uh, a Musgrove, you know, Cubby's favorite, stuff like that. But the pitch you're hitting is what's going to kill you, man. And I, I, first of all, a rule of Chapman, you you don't see that this guy's teetering on the edge of collapse right now at this point. He, he's the next guy to go soon. He you, know, you only can throw 102 miles an hour so many years in a row before your arm falls he's off. A he throws one inning at a time. He's not, he, he's not he, like that he couldn't even he dude he couldn't even do that well toward the end this year. He was a disaster case for a long period of time. What did he finish? He ended the year with a 1.3 something whip, right? And what was his ERA? High threes, right? For for Aroldis Chapman, who's like normally a dominant shutdown, you know, closer, right? 
So, I mean, yeah, I, he's, he's not like a spring chicken. How old is that guy? He's 37, 38 years. How old is Robert Chapman right now? He's like 34, 35. Is that what he is? I think so. You're guessing, right? I'm, I'm educated guessing. He's like an, edu an educated guess on... He's 33. On, on, he's 33. He'll be 34 next year. He'll be 34 next year. Yeah, he's also one of those Cuban players. You, still, you, wonder, you wonder if that's really even the truth of his age. He's 34 right now. So <laughs> he'll, he'll be 35. In, okay, this. okay. Um, yeah, so so yeah, he, he probably, he's, he's got one year left on his contract, and you're gonna juice that orange for a while. Like, hopefully, his arm doesn't fall off. Like, fuck. Okay, that's the hopefully. Grom's the Grom's arms off already. Right, his arms off already. He, dude, he's gonna have a seven month layoff before he was throwing. He was throwing the ball, no issues prior to you know whatever. So, and again, like, but the truth of the matter is the Mets. Okay, they're 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 a disaster team. Don't get me started on them. But you took but you took Tyler O'Neill in the early in the fifth. Now, granted. It was a great breakout year, and everybody's in love with Tyler O'Neill. But not too long ago, this guy had what? A, not too long ago, with this guy strike out thirty-five percent of the time. Not too long ago, forty percent of the time. Not too long ago, and those stolen bases. You think all that kind of stuff? I know hits the ball. You think he's going to hit two eighty-five again? I don't think so. It's a league adjust to him here. That's a that's a lot of draft capital. You're depending on a lot. You need that guy to do exactly what he did this year to take him to take him right there as your second hitter in the fifth round. A lot, and then you and you skipped on hitting. Okay, Rosarena, fine. Seventh round, multi-category guy, fine. But Rendon coming back from injury, you don't know what you're going to get with Rendon. Wilson Contreras, the catcher in the ninth. I, I don't know since when I met Rosario becomes a tenth round pick. Don't understand why that. What's all about that? Because he had a good, a good finish to his season. But what the hell did he give? A lot of empty stats. But he had ten home runs and except six hundred at bats. And how many stolen bases? You know, you got I met Rosario there. I know Brendan Rodgers is, is a sexy pick and for the next level. Could be a huge hit there. Okay, Ty France all of a sudden is a superstar. That's your, that's another one of your hitters, Michael Brantley, who's always how old? He's injured too. You have a you're, you're praying for a lot of miracles with your hitting in this league. Not that it you know matters because it's a it's a great DC. It's really just playing around with strategies. But would you feel happy going to going to battle with that team at a main event? The way that that, that team is drafted, I don't think you would. Maybe not a main event. But it's different than a DC. Okay. Well, look, there are worse teams than you're in this league. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I don't. With this, who's this team? Okay, you're making me. You're making me feel bad. Let's, let's, who's, let's, who's, this at, who's, who's this team at the end here that started with Trout, Degrom, Buxton, Peralta? Well, that's, that's, that's Carter Gill. <laughs> is that Carter Gill? Are you kidding? Or is that true? That's no, true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he must have been drinking again during this draft, right? Of what, course. Like, it's like it's, it's all. It's all. Ten days in a row. It's all. It's all for for Carter. I wouldn't put it by him. Right, he's gonna he's gonna listen to this podcast drunk. That's that's how it is with him. But um, but the thing is, yeah, every 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 possible you know injury 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 waiting to happen player come back from injury player he's got on this team, right? So uh, they're all here. Lance even Lance McCullers, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, come on, how many guys could you put on one team? You know, it's like the old blow up team, right? That's there too. Uh, it's on there. So let me look at some of the other teams. Um, who's box score junkies? Box score. That's um, gummy. Oh, it's gummy. Yeah. yeah. And what do we? What do we call Joe McHugh? Gummy. Gummy. That's his new nickname, by the way. He's got. He's got his new NFPC nickname. You should be happy. You got a. You got an MTM nickname. He's gummy because he's talking about his pot gummies that he that he was that he, that he takes at nighttime uh, during the draft. So now he's gummy from now on. You're not going to say, "Tell me you're, you're taking pot gummies." You're not getting with a nickname. Not being called gummy anymore. That's right? a good. Team. I like his team. Yeah. And again, solid team. He's he's, he's obviously copying. You know, people like me and you very well, Jack, uh, Zach, because, you know, you start off with 
I, I would have flip-flopped him. I would have taken Lewis Robert, Lou Robert in the first round before to make sure I got him before Tucker. But when you get Tucker and Robert to start off with, and Semyon and Hader and Trevor Rogers and Montas and Goldsmith and India, yeah, you're pretty, you got a good side. You, you get to throw Shane Bosman later on. You know, you got some good solid players on this team. You know, got one of my late favorites, Camilo Duvall. He got him in the 14th round. Uh, I think he's going to be a lights-out closer this year for the Giants at that point uh, coming up this year. So, yeah, got a good team there. Uh, I, I, don't want don't, don't, don't to go to your head, Gummy. All right. You know, I even, you know, even he was, maybe he was taking mushrooms that night instead of gummies or something or whatever, hallucinated him way, his, his way into this team. But, um, and uh, who else here? Who's, who are some other teams you want me to comment on? Do you have somebody you want me to comment on any of these teams? I don't know who wanted you to comment, but um, wait, where is Zito? He, he wanted you to comment. Zitor. Mookie uh, Betts, Devers. Yeah, I think he, I think he, he wouldn't mind commenting on his. Oh, well, look, I mean, yeah, I, it, it, there's not a lot of criticism you can make of Mookie Betts uh, and Devers right there. I mean, Devers could easily be a first round pick for the numbers. If he, the, for the numbers you put up this particular year, you, you can make an argument that he could be in the first round for sure uh, in, in there too. So you know, I'm not, no one's going to quiver over Raphael Devers, and that's coming from a third baseman, not necessarily the most deep position by any stretch of the imagination. So nothing wrong with a Devers. He, he may even have another level. You know, Raphael Devers. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not opposed to Devers. Uh, and Eloy, okay. Yeah, he, he's jumped. He probably could have got him in the fourth, but fine. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm in no, you know, huge fan of Luis Castillo. Uh, I mean, his pitching is going to be a little weak. I mean, Castillo, Logan Gilbert, Nian Anderson are, are your one, two, and three starters. And then Matt Barnes is your next pitcher as a closer. And the four, that, that's it. He's got three. He's got three pitchers, four pitchers in the first 15 picks. Right. And, and, and four of, and three of the four of them are Logan you know, or Gilbert, who could, you know, have another level. Of course, he's a young guy uh, coming up so he could be better. And he was he finished the year pretty strong, as I recall, from Logan Gilbert. Uh, but then you're, you're, you're looking at like guys like, you know, I'm Ian Anderson is your third starter. Matt Barnes is your closer. You, you, a lot of things got to go right to make that happen, man. But he, he loaded up on the hitting. You know, you got a Javier Baez in the fifth and a Corey Seager in the sixth and a Peter Alonso. Peter, how does Corey C go to the sixth and Peter Alonso go in the seventh in this? I league? don't know. I don't know. I, I, what, what is it? Hashtag, draft, hashtag drafting with idiots is what it is. Hashtag uh, Tyler O'Neill in the fifth. That's how that happens. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're jumping him when these guys are falling later in these leagues, but whatever. So, uh, yeah, man, he's got like. Corey Seager goes to New York Yankees. Where does he go in these drafts? If Corey Seager is in the New York Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a lefty hitter in Yankee Stadium? I don't know, man. Uh, you know, who knows? Who's gonna go? But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean he and, that, and also the high batting average guy. I mean Corey Seager. I, I love Corey Seager. He had a rough year, uh, uh, some injuries and stuff like that. But you know he's a guy who won me the ultimate the other year. Another guy I got late uh, this year. But he's gonna be a sexy pick. I'll uh, come draft him in March. There's a lot of these players. You're gonna see a lot of things change in March. You're gonna see a lot of these people go. You know, really, I got I got beat up for the the Bob. Where did Bobby Witt go in this league? In this league, in particular, uh, you'll see him somewhere. And what what uh. Six or, seven. six or seven everybody went i'm trying to see there he is seventh round which is where i got him at a more adjusted better place in my second league because i tried to set the i set the low bar on him in the first league uh take where i where i was taking him in the fourth but uh and that might be saying oh that's ridiculous ridiculous but bobby witt right you come spring training right he's going ape right. shit in spring training i guarantee you come the main event dress you think bobby Witt's going to go later in the fourth round if he's if he's pulling a loose rock, yeah, that that's where he's going to be going. Uh, at that. Be, he's not going to be up right away, but if he's going ape shit in spring training, he's going to be up. He's going to well, well, how much more they're going to keep him down? He's he's he's, he's going to he's they're going to get another. If if they don't even know what the other collective bargaining agreement is going to be right now, if that's even going to come to play, but even if it is, he's up in early April. 
he's going to be down for the first two weeks and be up. That's, what, the they about, that's what they said about Kalanick. They said he'd be up like in mid-April. When did he come up? Like mid-May? Yeah, but they already but it, but they already pulled that screwing with what basically with with, with 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 they already kept him down for an entire year. They're not going to keep him up for another half a year on top of that. With okay, that fair, to, enough, it, fair enough. He's a little bit more advanced than Kalanick was. Yeah, especially with those numbers you, when you're when you're hitting 30 30 whatever he's doing right there they're not they're not going to do that so he's going to he's going to be up the first couple of weeks at the worst case scenario hey you're going to mostly see a full season out of bobby witt and if he and if you're going to take lewis robert in the fourth round the year he came up we never even saw a major league pitch there's no reason why you shouldn't take a bobby witt in there too and I, some would say he's a more advanced hitter than than lewis robert was with robert's we all talked about robert's issues hitting holes in a swing you know whatever it may be and obviously the guys made made adjustments i'm no hitting coach but watch that guy hit now <laughs> you know it's crazy it's, it's like it's like so uh whatever so but again uh um you know in in that league so i'm just what what, what other teams what am i supposed to look at there uh like i said i was talking about zito's team the problem there is the uh, as i said before uh, the pitching is going to be a major, a major problem there because the hitting Obviously, he even got Christian Yelich in the eighth round. Not, not that I'm any Yelich fan. I think he's he might be toast uh, unless he was dealing with again injuries we didn't know about this year. But uh, he, you know, he probably, I mean, I wouldn't touch Gleber Torres in the 13th round. I mean, even though it's not killing you in the 13th round, I just think Deborah, Deborah Torres is finished. You just have bad taste in your mouth from. He just, I mean, look, he he had, he didn't have a great year before that. Time. 2020 was where he was supposed to bounce back in 2021, right? If, and, if the Yankees trade for someone, like he could be out of a job potentially. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I think the Yankees are going to get rid of him. I think they've had enough of Lever Torres at this point. Unless so, um, can play who else, point. speaking of avoiding Torres, who else are you avoiding next year? As of now? Yeah, as of now. Like, if, like who else are you avoiding, like, now? Like, in these drafts? Like, what, what guys that are going relatively early that you're saying, well, no, they don't touch it. Like, um, uh, let me, let me look like, at it. Uh, McCullers, I guess, would be a... Well, McCull- look, McCullers is a, is, a, is, a, is a big red flag. I like Lance McCullers. But, you know, this early, you have know, already arm problems, forearm I don't like forearm problems. That he's going to be fine. He's missing the whole. If you're missing the World Series, that that tells you something right there, right? Because if you get it all pitch at all, you want to be pitching in the World Series. So and he's not pitching in the World Series. So I'm concerned about that. Um, look, everybody and their brother's going to take Byron Buxton early. But here we are at the end of your draft. He's in the third round here, third, fourth, fifth round already. He's that kind of player that people just can't quit. All the town in the world, and another year he stood, couldn't stand there. How many more years does Byron Buxton not have to stay in the field? It's like rushing roulette with Byron Buxton. What's going to be the year? Even more so with Mondesi, and people are still going to take him in the fifth, even though exactly he's not going to be a full-time player. Are you taking? Are you? Are you going to try and? If Mondesi's in the fifth round, are you thinking about him? In what round? Fifth. Fifth, yeah, but he's not going to get there in the fifth. Uh, I I would think about him there, depending on how my team is constructed. But what in the fourth? Because I'd I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather roll my dice a little bit on a on a on a Francisco Francisco Lindor bounce back to have a more solid player. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about Lindor. You're your Mets fan, Lindor. What do you think about him and Conforto? They both had down seasons. Are you, are you, are you? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you something about the Mets, okay? As a, as a Mets fan, right? And I, I don't, and I don't even see this changing because it, it's a complete shit show of an operation. You have, you have billions of dollars. You can do whatever you want to do, and you still can't get it right. That just goes to show you. I, I, you know, they make you don't say I need the big and great. And, and unfortunately, luckily for them, they could have had guys like Bauer, right? On the team, they came. How close did they come to having Trevor Bauer on that team? How close did they come to having potentially everybody's clamoring? Oh, get Marzello Zuna. You know, they didn't get Marzuna. Good, good thing they didn't get him, right? Who else? They all get George Springer. You should have got Springer out there, whatever it be. Now, granted, when Springer was playing, he was great, but he would have been considered a bust with 14, 15 homers, whatever he had, and injured most of the year and having uh, having problems that he did right now. So you never know. Yeah, but should they have gotten Riamuto? 
the opposite should have gotten Raymundo. That was a no-brainer to get. And of course, you give all that money to a McCann. They can't get out of their own way. They, they, they're, they're, they're an organization with, with, of losers. They don't know what it takes to win. It's a, it's a, they, not, they, have a, they have to change that whole culture of that organization from top to bottom and put winners in place. And what do they do? You keep Sandy Alderson there for another year. Brilliant idea, right? They just said today they're keeping Jerry and Hef, Jeremy Hefner as a pitching coach, which means they're saying is no matter what manager they hire, the manager is going to have no say who he gets to pick for his own staff. And whatever. It's going to be another yes man in the organization. Typical. That's just a mess. They just can't get out of their own damn way. This is New York. They they they, should, they 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 would own the city, you know. If you want to see, and if people who haven't watched it yet, uh, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Queens, uh, you should see it uh, as a, as a series. You see it up there? Do you see the ESPN uh, uh, Thirty for Thirty series? Did you watch that uh, series? No. Zach? Well, no, if you get a chance, if you get a chance, you should watch it because yeah, I grew up, I grew up in that area of the '80s of the Mets at Shea Stadium and being there, and the Mets owned the city of New York uh, in the '80s. They were they were New York's team, not the Yankees. It was the Mets. Because New York is a National League city, it really is. Because with the Giants and the Dodgers from old, they they were they were the Dodgers. And if they just put a winning team on the damn field, whatever at all costs, they'd make their money money. But they can't. They don't manage their players right. They, they don't do anything with injuries. Everybody's a freaking. And of course, they're going to hire the head. They're going to find the head case. You know, they're going to go sign Javier Baez, right? Javier Baez showed for about about how many months that he could take a pitch. Right, potentially take a walk, you know, and look what it did for his batting average. And as soon as he signs that gigantic contract, he's going to go right back to swinging off the, the fence. Nothing that doesn't do that now, but you, you can forget it's all going to go out the window, guaranteed with bias, right? And they're, and of course they're pissing off the fans. This is typical, typical Mets. Whatever they touch, they destroy constantly. They're still paying by Benia. They're going to be they're going to be doing that with a lot of their players. They got they, they happen with Lindor at this point. I, I'd rather, but I I'd rather with that kind of uh, take a shot at him. Potentially hope that he's not done then. Like maybe Amanda, who just he's just so proud. The guy can't stay on the field. You know, this guy's got these guys just cannot stay on some of these guys just cannot stay on the field. But as far as the Mexico, I don't like even drafting. They got one couple of decent players there. Alonzo, you know, DeGrom, if you want to take that chance. Who else do they got? This is a New York team. You know, but and, and, and by, without but every year by by April, May, by 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 May, it's like half half their lineup is triple A players. You got guys like Luis Guillorme in your lineup. You have Albert Almora. This 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 tells you everything about need to know about the Mets season right now. There was a, there was a, there was an at bat that I was watching him play the Phillies, right? And the there were the Phillies were they were they, when the Mets were collapsing in, in the process of collapse, trying to stay in it. And 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 the game was on the line. They had a runners in scoring position, you know, and they had to bring a pinch hitter in. And the only guy they had to bring on their bench was the guy was a twenty the the extra man when they expanded their rosters. So when the Mets expanded their rosters, did, who do they bring up? Did they bring up Mauricio or one of their other top, you know, up and coming young stars? No, they bring up the 27th man. They bring up is Albert Omora. The guy's hitting 103 with one RBI, and uh, well, you, you knew he was automatic out. And sure enough, we ground ball game game over. Okay, typical. Okay, they don't know how to win. Yeah, look at go look up how many one run ball games this team played last year. It's like they play the most boring, tedious, miserable baseball, cause they, and they'll lose a one-run ball game every year. They don't score runs. They don't score runs for their best pitcher in baseball, right? And every year they lose like 40-some-odd, 50-something one-run games. It's inconceivable. Statistically, you can't even lose that many games in 100-some grand season, and they'll lose like 40, 50 one-run ball games because their bullpen blows it. Because you got a head case like Edwin Diaz is your closer, right? And people still pick him because he puts the numbers up. Great fantasy player. Horrific person for closing out there because every day it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. You know what's going to happen with him because he's a head case that's out there. And and and, and, and every year this is what you're going to get with the Mets. 
right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shit show there every, every single year. And I don't see it changing, you know, unless you go out and just buy every single player and throw them out there and see what happens. They don't, you know, it's just what it is. So it's unfortunate as a Mets fan, but if you want to see a great series, go back and see um, Once Upon a Time in Queens because it's a phenomenal uh, series. I, I got to check that out. I still haven't, no, I didn't get it. And just hearing the old Mets talk about their, you, you want to talk about attitude, you know, swagger. It was like, I used to say, all I can say is the swagger and the dagger, man. You have the swagger and you go out and put the dagger. They, they had teams beat, you know, uh, before they even went, went into, their, into their ballpark because of the way they were. And I'm not saying it's, an, it's unfortunate what happened to the guys like Strawberry and Gooden and Dykstra and people like that. But the point being is this is what it takes to win. It takes attitude. It takes swagger. It takes a mentality, a philosophy. You know, they didn't have all the best players in baseball. But you look at the Dodgers. They go out there and they're winners. They know how to win. They get they get winning. They they took a Justin Turner like someone from the Mets. The Mets, I might cast off who wasn't good enough to play for the Mets. Where Jeff Kent years ago, who should be a should be a Hall of Famer, that they just get rid of because they they didn't know what they even had, and they go some couple have Hall of Fame careers, basically. So this is the Mets, whatever. So it's even drafting any Met on my team, I can't stand. Because I can't stand watching. I can't stand. I, I, there's an unwatchable team most of the year, so I had to watch them for my fantasy team. So All that's right, what last it is. question before we get into our fun facts. Um, well, team am I destroying on this league? I don't know who else. So that uh, was good. It was good enough, man. I, I, you know, you say it's early in the season. You only can draft. You only can destroy so many teams. You know, this this early on. Uh, All right. So, like, I, I, I gotta ask you because you like you like Lou Bob. You like um. Look, don't ever don't you did that on purpose, right? You yeah. said Lou Bob on purpose. It's not funny. It's not humorous. Okay. <laughs> Another thing you, you, you fucking podcasters do with that. Oh, Lou Bob. It's not. I just. I'm just saying. Go up to Lewis Robert one day. You know, meet him on the street. I've said this last year. And say, Hey, Lou Bob, how you doing? And see what he says to you. Look at you doing punch in the fucking face about this, right? <laughs> All right. Um, you know, so you're, you're drafting um, Louis Robert, and you're like you like Kyle Tucker. But like, have you thought about construction though? Because like, taking the outfielders early really. Um, Really, really makes you have to build your team differently with like pitching and like the middle infield drops off, third base is shallow. So, what are your thoughts? Like, just give me some, give us a little uh, tidbit on the construction. What you're like, like prove to us you actually like think about that. Right yeah, I have a lot to prove to this year. Look, here's the thing. First of all, if anybody listening to me for fantasy baseball advice this year, I would say all of my picks suck. Okay, until proven otherwise. I, and, I, and I was right on a ton of players. You listen Justin to players Hero over the years, was a nice right? pick. What? Justin Hero, you had on a bunch of teams. No, I had no. I had him on two, two teams, okay. right? And of course, because I had no. I felt like because I, again, again, nothing was left to me at that point. With the way the draft fell, you know, I figured that was the best upside pick to make you know, at that point, which was a disaster. All right, so shame on me with that. But but guys that I was all on. The, in the beginning of the year, like a, like a, like a Riley, a Robert, an Alcantara, you know, the, you know, the, the Swansons, I had a lot of Danzy Swanson love there. I was right about these players, the Class A's, you know, I, you know, and most players, you know, but it's a question. You still got to get these players on your team because other people are on these players too. And if you don't get them, so be it. That's what happens. You're, you're screwed if you don't get these players. If you want them and you're on them, then what do you do? Right. But you have to have a backup plan. Just like you said about roster construction. If you if you know how to draft, if you know how to draft, because drafting is an art, is an art and science of drafting. Because drafting, to me, I said this before, is a lot harder than doing an auction. Because an auction, if you have a player you want, you can get them, right? I mean, you're just gonna you can you can pay up and get the players you believe in if you want them, right? You can. That's the way. It, and I'm not saying auctions are are, are terrible format. There's a, there's an art and skill to auctions. 
I, I, I'm tempted to do auctions. I've done them before. It wasn't my cup of tea because it's so long. It's five hours of just grueling. You know, a lot of times it's sitting there. I'm not, I'm not wired that way to sit someplace for five hours and call out players' names and, and whatever it may be. You know, but I, you know, I understand the enjoyment of auctions. And I'm glad you did well. And congratulations on your win. You know, I don't know where my, where my percentage is because I know you took a lot of the players that I was recommending because you bought them with players, whatever. But yeah, you know, the, the the thing is, there is a strategy, there is a there is a skill to drafting. So, because so, in other words, I don't go into draft saying, well, you know what, I I'm not going to be able to build a great team if I take two outfielders first. If I got two five category guys staring me in the face, uh, and one of them with two of them with monstrous upside, like you're going to see, you know, obviously Kyle Tucker and Lewis Robert is going to go in the first two rounds of every single draft in the NFBC this year, every single draft, right? If you get them both, right, like that. Right. Why would you say, oh, well, I'm not going to take him because he's an outfielder, I mean, I, and, I, and I'm going to be pinned the third later on. Look, I, you don't go like that. I'm drafting for the categories, uh, juice, and I'll worry about positions later on uh, doing that. Uh, but it does come at a certain point in the draft. We have to make calculated decisions, whether it's an, a closer. Your closers are getting thin, and, and you need to get your saves. So you got to pounce. Like, I can't, I can't let another round go by without getting this a catcher because after that, it's a complete drop-off. You got to get nothing from your catcher. You know, one of the things I, did, I decided to do early this year, and I've, I've changed my draft strategy a little bit, I used to completely punt on catchers to late a lot of times. You know, you, know, and, you know, and Lindy and Lindy had done that a lot in the Hinkleman and whatever. But I don't want to be dead at catcher this year. You know, I don't want to have a situation where a catcher that I'm getting nothing or very next to nothing, whatever it may be. So every even, so I'm not drafting necessarily Ray Muto or whatever, but I did get a, a Will Smith in one of the leagues here. I think the first one I did here, um, I did another league when I've gotten, I think the two catchers were uh, Contreras and uh, I forget who the other catcher was that I got. Uh, but but again, oh, I like Hyper Ruiz. So I, I want to make sure that I have solid hitting, solid catchers and, and get something out of catcher and with backups in these DCs as well too. Right. Instead of trying to have it, you know, just be all in, in a position to kind of punt on uh, at that point. But again, it's the whole thing is a learning experience, man. That's what it's all about. That's why you do these drafts. That's why I do these DCs. So, but it's by the time March rolls around, you know, I got about 25 of these or 20 of these under my belt. I'm ready to go. And you know, the player pool inside now. So that's my response to you about taking guys like that, pairing them up like that. All right. Let's, uh, do, let's, do, let's do the fun facts now. Let's end it. Let's, let's bring it home here. Oh, we're bringing we're bringing home the show now at this point. Okay, okay. I know you got your five fun facts. I got my I got my five fun facts too. First so of all, first of all, number 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 one. No one said there's five. Number one, first of all. Number two is why are you stealing my feature and doing and, and, and seeing and thinking you can you you create especially you since you criticize me for this feature. No one's gonna like this. It's gonna suck. It's gonna yeah, be it's gonna be whatever it may be. And then of course everybody everybody can't wait to hear about the fun facts. Right? It's, not, it's not the um, feature itself. It's the actual fun facts that you said that I was shitting on. No, you said the feature itself was not going to be good, right? You didn't after want to I heard it. it, after I heard the feature, you're actually the actual content of it. The idea was good, but the actual content I was shitting on. Zach, that disqualifies you from sharing any fun facts. Save them for your other thing. This is, I, I have 10 of them here that I put together just for the show. All right. I got, I got five. So and you, 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 yours are not going to be better than mine. So okay. Mine, mine will be so much better. You can do two, and then I'll do one after you do two, and that will be one will be just as good as your two. Zach, it's, it's not it's not going to be the case, but you know I, I'm going to give you one attempt. Okay, I'm going to let you do. If it doesn't pass my standards, you're not doing any more. That's it. You can do one, and you're going to save the other four at this point. And by the way, coming up with names of features, the the, the feature where I'm ripping on other people's drafts. You remember the feature should be I, I hate everyone's team except mine. That's the name of the feature, right? Yeah, the, yeah, I don't think we have to say that. Like we know at that, that point. 
but, the, but it doesn't work when you're when you're criticizing an entire. Well, look, these are some fun facts. Like uh, you know, I, I'm always researching different in the oddities that are out there and different facts of that. These are all true facts that are that are that, are, that, that I've gathered from other areas that people might think that are strange and bizarre, but are actually true, right? For example, this first one, right? It, it actually can take more than two days for a baby chick to break out of its shell. Did you know that? It actually can take more than two days for a baby chick to break out of its shell and more than seven days for Paul Spore to stop playing with himself on Twitch once he starts. <laughs> so just, you know, all right, so just to give you the idea. All right. Uh, number two. I never, I never, you um, never knew that? You didn't no, know? I didn't, I didn't know that. I did, I've never um, been on Twitch either. Yeah. So, so but that's apparently, he's always, he's always, out, he's always on Twitch playing with himself, doing something up on Twitter, that we're, on Twitch that we're supposed to watch. Okay. Tune in and watch. Tune in and watch Paul Paul Paul's poor playing with himself on Twitter, whatever it may be. Play video um, games. Uh, playing video games. Yeah, that's what yeah. I really want to do. Okay. See, that's what I see. That's what I. That's what I always wish when I was a kid. You know, when, when I was when I was driving around on my little play school, my little scooter. You know, I was hoping that someone could watch a video of me looking in. See, we call that creepy back then. That was like called stalking when you like we were you were watching someone play. <laughs> You know, and you from the house that was called creeping on people, all right, at that point, all right. Um, but but that, that was we would never think of it back then, but now I guess that's what people like to do, all right. Here's another fun fact you bet you didn't know the average four year old child asks more than 400 questions a day. Do you realize that the average four year old, you have little kids, right? The average 400 year old child asks more than 400 questions a day, and that's about 200 questions less than Zach does of me during the six months leading up to the fantasy baseball season. So, <laughs> just you know, to write it well, all right. So, let's okay. see. Let's see your let's see one of your favorite for your your fun facts. Go ahead. Okay, we'll start off with you. Okay, Uline uh, currently sells a power breezing misting fan that we purchased for our company. I'll go back yeah. up, back up. But first of all, articulate. I didn't even hear what you said. What was this now? Uline. It's a company. They they produce like fans, like equipment. Like a, it's a power breezer misting fan. This, this. our company. <laughs> it has the latest technology that it won't get your equipment wet, but it costs like over six thousand dollars. I felt bad spending that much money on something that only fans air until I remember that you paid a fifth round price tag for Keston Herrier. Oh, God, man. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Okay. That was just terrible. Did, did my sound effect just come out over the thing? Did you hear the no, sound effect? No, I didn't. All right, right, whatever. It was in my, in my headphone. All right. I, I, didn't, I didn't share the soundboard, so you can't hear it up there. Okay, I exactly. I, okay I'll give you. I'll, okay, you win, you win that round. One <laughs> I win that round. It wasn't even a competition, bro. You, all, right, all right, you win that round. One nothing for you. Put a Twitter poll up after this show comes out. Who should do the fun facts, me or you? All right. Number here's the third one. Okay. Here's okay. A, this is I, I, I did a Canadian theme for you. Right. Less right. than one percent of all road accidents in Canada involve a moose. Believe it or not, right? Less than one percent of all road accidents in Canada involve a moose, and ten percent of fantasy baseball accidents involve Zach Waxman. Right. <laughs> 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 uh, and here's another one. Right. Only 55% of Americans know that the sun is a star. Would you know? Would you believe that? Only 55% of Americans know that the sun is actually a star. But at least, but at least, but at least 75% of the fantasy baseball community knows that I am. So that's good, right? I think that, that's a good thing. Right? Okay, okay. I think I think I might be able to beat this one. Actually, my my co-host is not with us right now. Um, he gave me this one, or he gave me like the idea behind. Who's your co-host? Who's your co-host now? Shrimpo. Shrimpo, what's his first name again? Graham. Graham, is that your co? He's a new co-host you have in your thing. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he's he's he's, he's working tonight. Oh um, God, go ahead. So this, like, he gave me this. This is like basically he gave me the structure for this one, but I tweaked it just a little bit. All right, MTM, MTM, you 
picked Bobby Wood Jr. in round four of our draft and hold draft. I haven't seen something with a higher propensity to bust since the drawstring on your on your Guido sweat, sweatpants. That is completely terrible. The delivery was terrible. It wasn't a fun fact. It was it was like a one liner. Okay, this is like you were like doing an old like an old you know com comedian joke in a, in a lounge club. That's how bad that one was. Terrible. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I might have had you. No, like, you didn't. Go, one, go one, I said, one, go Twitter one. poll that. No, it's not one go, one. Do a Twitter poll on each of the different fun facts. Yeah, okay. Fact number two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Number two was okay. the the drawstring versus the two that, like Zach's bad at fantasy. Okay, go ahead. There's also the moose one that was on there too. Okay, here's another interesting fact. Okay, you are more likely to be killed by a champagne cork than a poisonous spider. Believe it or not, you're actually more likely to be killed by a champagne cork than a poisonous spider. Or by Casey Chaw if he ends up in one of your fantasy baseball leagues. So just that one, we killed that by. Was a, that was a compliment, actually. No, that, that's it. But of course, I had to get. How can you say something bad about the guy? The guy's a freaking genius at what he does, right? He's like a savant at this right. point. I'll find something. I'll, believe me, I'll dig up something on Casey when he's out in Vegas this year. I'll figure out a way. Right? Here right. we go. Yeah, There's another true fact. There's 100, 107 incorrect medical procedures will be performed by the end of the day today. 107, that's in American hospitals or, or, or clinics. 107 incorrect medical procedures will be performed by the end of the day today, which coincidentally is about the same number of incorrect pieces of fantasy baseball information that are given out on a typical podcast by Paul Spore and Justin Mason. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> all right, but you're laughing. It was, I tell you, it's okay, the truth. That's going to be tough to beat. Okay. That's going to be tough to beat. All right. All right. Here's I'll, another. I'll, you, are you going to try to top that now? I'm going to try and top that. Okay. In the, game, in the game of Monopoly, if one utility is owned, rent is four times the number on the dice which landed the player on the utility. But if both utilities are owned, rent is 10 times the amount shown on the dice. In the MTM Midnight Madness draft, Carter Gill was so drunk he forgot he was drafting and thought he was playing Monopoly as he drafted two utility players only uh, in the first eight rounds. Dude, dude, can you can you please stop? Can can you can you please? You don't have it down, okay? You're, this is what I told you earlier in the podcast in the beginning. Don't try to be funny if you're not funny, man. Okay? It, it's too long. It's too disjointed. It's all I know. I know what you're trying to say, right? But it, but you, you just you're not deliberate. It's not good. It's not good. I think, I think I beat you on that one. No, okay. Actually, no, no, you won that. Okay, two one. We'll, we'll just say two one. Like two one. Let's just you won two, that. One. Okay, I'll concede. Right. Two one. Well, no, you won. I think I won the second. All right, here we go. Ready? Another another Canadian angle. When I dug up another Canadian fun fact, truthful, okay. this is a true fact. Okay? I, gotta, I gotta win this one because maybe I'll go to sudden death. Okay. Okay. Canada Canada imports about eight hundred and fifty Russian-made hockey sticks on an average day. Did you know that? On an average day, Canada. Right, we'll import about 850 Russian-made hockey sticks on an average day, okay. which is also approximately the number of times Phil Dusso has masturbated to a picture of himself holding the check for the 2021 fantasy winnings. So, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the guy's you're, home. You're getting better. You're getting yeah. Better. Okay. All right. Uh, here's the other one. The most common name in the world is Muhammad, and the most common name people have for me is douchebag. Okay, which which I have to say is surprising, Zach, because I would never have thought that. What do you, what would you have thought it would have been? I, I can you believe that? I don't understand. So what, if it, so it wouldn't be douchebag. What would it normally be? I don't think it would be douchebag, right? The most people, common name people have for me, or no? Well, there's, so many, there's, there's just so many names. That, there's like, so many good names that people right. have for me. It's yeah, it's just um, it's just a, it's a math problem. Okay, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but here's another fun fact: the Bible has been translated into Klingon. But you know the Klingon Star Trek Klingon the Bible the Bible is actually being translated into Klingon. Coincidentally, by Todd Zola. So just 
Is he a Star Trek friend? I, I no, but he, he definitely has that look to be a Star Trek complete Star Trek nerd for sure. I, I guarantee you, if Todd Zola is in it, he will confirm that he's an old he's an old time Trekkie. I'm I'll admit I'm a nerd at heart. I'm an old time Trekkie, so I, I love the old I don't, Star Trek. I don't, I've never seen the Bible translated into what did you say? What is it called? Klingon. Klingon. It, yeah. It's because I don't have a Master's Ball subscription. Yeah, it's also it's yeah. also because you see now that was mildly amusing. Okay, it's, it's got to it's be on the spot, I guess, right? It's on the spot. Yeah, it was mildly amusing. But the other reason, Jack, is because you know, if a, if a Bible touched your hands, it would burst into flames. You know, yeah, be yeah. the said you are. So you're not going to be looking at any Bibles for that matter. First of all, you is know, it, you don't even know how to spell the word Bible. Is, right? that, is that a Jew joke? No, it's it's, it's it's like the fact that you're it's an atheist joke. Oh, <laughs> that's that's, that's what it is. Okay. All right. Um, so, all right. Um, I, I got one here. So I have a lucky shirt that I wear when I draft. I had a decent year uh, this year. But I don't know if it's going to make it to the next to next March. My shirt, um, it's literally like falling apart. I haven't seen something hanging on by a single thread since I saw an MRI of Jacob Degrom's UCL. Dude, that's it. There's no, there's no more, man. People yeah, are yeah. laughing. People right now are are listening to this in their car and they're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. They're <laughs> laughing at how bad that is. Okay, it's not a fun fact. It's not a fact. It's not. <laughs> okay, what are you talking about? You're just inventing shit. Humor Hope is supposed you... to be exaggeration. Humor is exaggeration. Comedy is exaggeration. But these are fun facts. We're making, we're taking facts. I don't care if they're facts. <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah, I get it. All right. So here's yeah. the here's the last one of the evening. Okay. I don't know if you know this. There's different kinds of phobias out there, but nomophobia, N-O-M-O, uh, is not Hideo nomophobia. Nomophobia is a fear of being without a smartphone. And flowerphobia is a fear of being matched up with great flowers on a dating app. Just, you know, so there, there's my, there's my, my fun facts as given to you in the show. I put a lot of work into those things, and I know that everybody watches uh, uh, that all the time. So uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed that and that we anchor the show, uh, Zach, and bring home another phenomenal guest appearance by me on the show. Is it check in the mail? What, what would you say? Uh, Venmo, right? You got Venmo? Yeah, how much? How much? How many hours do we do on the show? How many hours? No, do we we're do? almost two, but I, I still got one fun fact left. No, no, we are we are not ending the show on one of your fun facts and and just and have the thing crash and burn completely. You 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 blew it. <laughs> it was it's it's done. Save it. Okay, we'll we'll do other ones. You know later on. You, you, this, this is my show. You can't cut me off. No, see, this is where this is where you're mistaken. This is not your show. Right. When I come on, it's my show, right, and you, you become the guest. You become the guest. Okay. Oh, I actually can mute you. Oh, I, I've, mute, I've muted you. Actually, this is amazing. Okay, so my last fun fact is if you've listened to the main, if, if, if you listen to um, main event winner, Phil Dussault, he uses regression models to, to speed up his analysis, an effective and accurate shortcut to save a lot of time. One of the best and most accurate uses of shortcutting since we shortened Louis Robert's name to Lou Bob. I'll unmute you now. See, there, there's a prompt that comes up and you unmuted me. They said, the host just wants to unmute you. Do you want to stay muted? I almost said, yes, I want to stay <laughs> muted. All right. Now, again, these were all horrifically bad. They weren't even, they weren't even like, well, I was hoping, you know, Zach, there to be a little bit, you know, it took me about 45, an hour or so. To okay, well, I didn't spend that long on this. About, I, I apparently not, you know, but it took you longer to read them all, I think. But the, the point is, you know, I, I, I think about it. We listen to these. Listen to those. Let me let me do the stick and the comedy and the, and the humorous part features here like that. Believe me, 
I, I have many other things I could think features I could bring to the show to add the entertainment factor along with the fantasy baseball analysis that I, I that I've been holding back and not bringing to you. But uh, but I this one was created especially for your show, Zach. So I'm glad you hope you appreciated having that. And uh, and I'm sure this was just something that everybody enjoyed listening to. If you want to follow Zach on Twitter, you can find him at Zach Roto. Is that correct? That is right. Right. And if you want to find me on Twitter. And I, my, my Twitter feed should just pop up now from uh, the, the 2030 I lost. Uh, and trust me, I know that when people, I don't, I really, truthfully, I really don't care about my Twitter followers that much. But the truth is, who are the ones that don't follow me? There are certain people that don't follow me that, uh, that I know, that I have dealings with, that I wish you get out because I could do my rant on here about the people that stop unfollowing me on Twitter because it, they're the biggest fucking hypocrites that are out there because they're just as bad in their own damn way. Please, guys, let's, let's 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 put this all in perspective. You know, I didn't insult your 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 family, your parents, your kids, whatever that stuff like that, right? Relax a little bit because you're gonna miss out on a lot of great things by not following, of course, uh, me throughout the season. Uh, the entertaining stuff that we do here, not only on the on the Draft Champions podcast, but also on Twitter throughout the course of the uh, season, Jack. So uh, hopefully, we'll do at least maybe one more show between now and March, potentially. Correct, right? All right. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. You've, uh, you graced us with your, with your presence. You've um, enlightened us. You've um, taught us. You've um, made me a better player in this last hour and a half or two hours. I've lost track. See that sarcasm, Zach. That, see that, 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 that works. See, sarcasm is a type of comedy and you, you actually hit that pretty, pretty well with that right there. The sarcasm at the end there too, even though it's all true. That was, that is the, I could tell the sarcastic nature. Yeah, but it sort of ruins the comedy when you have a narrator about the comedy. <laughs> well, it's a coach. This whole thing, Zach, is a coaching experience. I'm trying to coach you. To you're, learn. Narrating, you're narrating. You're, yeah. Okay. So when you do something well, I'm trying to say, look, so Dad, be there. You nailed it now. So now when you could do other podcasts, when you're attempting to do humor and sarcasm, it may work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what, like, all the, like, your favorite comedies, like, well, Wedding Crashers, Old School, like, all the ones you've never heard of because those are, like, after your time. Um, they, they should definitely have like Morgan Freeman narrating those movies and said, and as you can tell, that was a funny joke. So, so Wedding Crashers was after my time. That's an ancient movie, right? I did. Not ancient, so I think you, you, you probably like Spaceballs and Jaws. First of all, Jaws was a comedy, right? It was not a comedy. It was in the yeah. That was the seventies. We, we touched on Jaws before. Yeah. But if you look at like the graphics there, that, that looks like a comedy. The graphics? Makes it a comedy. Yeah, it's you, funny. You take, you, you take, look. How many great Canadian films that like that were done in the 1970s? Name one that, you, that comes to mind right now. What's uh, a Canadian I mean, film that I was done know, in the what? 19th? A classic film that everybody watches to this day as a, as a classic. Uh, as I don't even know if I can name a Canadian film. Like what exactly, Canadian exactly. Film? So don't be ba- bashing on Jaws over there. First of all, you know, like Kids in the Hall is like a Canadian comedy. That's all yeah, I can think right, of right now. Don't don't put ba- don't put like freaking like you know uh, spaceballs in the same kind of same sense as Jaws. All right, that's a that was a that had a few funny parts in the 1980s. But as you and as you know, you can't beat man. We oh, you know, it's a Canadian, Canadian film is Meatballs. Meatballs was a Canadian film. That was Bill filmed in, up north in a in a camp, like a summer camp in an yeah, Was it done by? Was it written by a Canadian? Was it directed by a Canadian? It might have been. There's probably some Canadian. Yeah. Well, who was in yeah. the Bill Murray? Um, yeah, the Bill Murray and the great Chris Makepeace. You know, go go look his uh, how his career went uh, later on down the road. The kid that played the teenager in there. I don't know uh, if it was a Canadian movie. It was filmed in Canada, so that's yeah. something. But I'm sure. I'm sure every time. Bill I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of something that's filmed in Canada and then something that's like oh, as old as you. Right. Exactly. It's hard to do, man. 
it's, old, it's hard to do to find somebody as old as something as old as me of quality. You know, there's not many things out there that are as old as me of, of quality as well at the same time. So uh, that are out there. But again, don't go down the movie road. We haven't talked about movies, but that's my the '80s thing is my movies, my my era, and we you know we've established in in multiple competitions that I've won. Try to stop me that you know I know my '80s stuff, uh, but and, you know, but I am not. Those competitions have lost me a lot of money because I've had to join main events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this year you're just going to join them on your own, right? You know, how many main events are you play this year, Zach? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe one. I did two last year. I'll probably do one. I don't know. Why one in an auction? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, yeah, I'll do a main and then I'll do the auction actually. So you're gonna come all the way to Vegas and you're gonna do one bet, one draft. Well, and an That's auction. it. And an auction. I don't know. And then the Midnight Madness one. I'll kick somebody out. So you're gonna do three. And I don't have to kick somebody. There's plenty of people that are. You know, Carter, Carter Gill's the first person to go. It's easy for him. No, right? I he, want to. I want to draft. All I, I got to tell. All I got to tell Carter is tell him it's on a different day. He'll he'll just you know he'll just go there at that time because he you know coherently wise he won't even you know know where he out. is. I'll, I'll I'll keep myself occupied for sure. Come on, come on. So you'll so you're not going to be in New York doing any drafts in New York. Or you I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I we'll see. I'll do. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be doing something. You'll be doing something. Yeah, I'm definitely going to join an auction. I'm going to lose to Phil in an auction. I think. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Right. So anyway, just plan on being in Vegas. If you're listening to this podcast and having thoughts about, you can meet people like me and spend some time with me hanging out in Vegas because we think I'm entertaining. Right on the radio, Zach. How, how am, I, am I in person, Zach? Right? How am I in person when we're when we're in person together? We've never been in person together. That exactly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. I've had to spend my entire life either on either doing this over phone or 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 Zoom or whatever with you. So we've never met in person, Zach. So that'll be that. Most of our interactions are just you text me saying you're up, you're up, you're up, your turn to draft. That's basically yeah. half of our relationship. Yeah, and can the NFPC get like a an automatic? Uh, um, text alert service so i don't have to do this all the time uh, sooner or later there's going to be one and i'm going to actually have my they're going to be automatic responses you can buy like the the mtm draft uh, alerts package like you know like you'll get a text saying up asshole you know whatever like uh, sometime today there'll be some kind of like typical response that i use or a gif that goes out that i like to use that alerts people that their pick is up uh, there too there should be some yeah, kind of text for a text yeah, because people look at their text messages all the time right yeah i, I get my text a lot more frequently than my emails Everybody does. You know, there was a thing back in the day, as I don't know if you remember the Zach back in the day, there was a thing called uh, fax machines. You know, way back when, when fax machines first came out, it was a very popular type of marketing because everybody picked up faxes. They had a machine go off and everybody would remember their fax and read their faxes. Well, everybody reads your text as well. So, you know, getting a text alert uh, would be a good thing to do and help speed things up and save me a lot of time and energy uh, for my uh, draft facilitation services, which again, I do for free. Uh, for anybody who's in the draft with me. And I will be uh, holding a draft. For those of you listening to this, uh, when it comes out, I am right the first uh, of my at least four or five fast DCs uh, that I'll be doing. These are $150, $150 entrance fees, 50 rounds, draft and hold on the NFPC site. Uh, it'll, it'll be right after the World Series. I'll be setting up a thread to uh, invite people to join me for that 150 DC uh, fast DC. Uh, Zach, you in for that one? Sure. Sure. Sure, I mean, you, you can't use Canadian money. You know that, right? So, and you got to be. I, I, I got, I got American money in, good. in, in, uh, in the NFBC site right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you do. So it's just sitting there, right? Because you don't want to make it back into your. Bring it over no, to the I Canadian didn't take, side. I didn't, I didn't take any of it out. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why I that is. Going, I know it's getting right back in there. <laughs> it's all going back in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll just leave it on the contact. Good, good, good call, yeah. man. Put on my, you know, put on my tab. Put on your tab. Yeah. Get your get your airline tickets booked early and uh, 
get out there, get plan on being out in Vegas if you listen to this because there's nothing like experiencing the NFPC, the NFPC live. There are a lot of great guys, all kidding aside, that are out there that you want to spend time with them. You get to meet and hang out with like legends of fantasy baseball uh, in addition to me uh, that are out there. I, even though I'm not, I'm not really a legend in that way, but in terms of other uh, people to meet, you learn a lot from hanging around with these guys out there. Uh, we have a lot of good times. Good times. All right. All right. Let's end it off here. Let's do it, man. We'll that, talk, that was a good talk. plug. That was a good plug. You're the official social media director of NFBC or whatever you want to call yourself. I'm the, I'm the official, unofficial public relations and marketing person for HR. the NFBC. You're, yeah. uh, you're HR at NFBC. For the NFBC. Correct. They, they, they need it. That's correct. They do. Okay. Here. All right, man. Thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. All right, bud. All right. See you.